Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is, huh? Hump day! Good morning, everyone, and happy hump day. Welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. Good morning, kids. How are we doing today? It's Ask Uncle Randy Day. I'm doing well. There's a lot of Ask Uncle Randys, I'm sure, huh? Uh, I would think so, yeah. yeah. The number of the day scheduled to arrive. The number of the day is five. five. That's where the Cardinals are now. Five is the wow. number of the day. Why wouldn't we be happy right now? I mean, that, that was an inspiring game of baseball last night. For the Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. together. Carter's lost Whack. the floor to the Rangers. <laughs> the, there is, is a there's uh, a lot. Uh, uh, you, clean you, you you go first. Uh, it, it was you go first, Brooke. You, I, you, I guess, you have at it. Yeah, I, I think a lot of things. One, um, I was talking to Randy about this right before the show started. The re- the reliance on the home run for the Cardinals, like in a game that you have, you know, a two run bomb by Arenado, and then you have, you know, two solo shots by Wilson Contreras and Jordan Walker, which that is a bright point. That is that is that great is to see for Jordan dumb. Walker. Um, how many jokes do we make about the launch angle today and all that oh, stuff? Oh, that was mm-hmm. perfect. That's what they've been. Four hundred thirty feet. Four hundred thirty feet. But. You know, the thing is, too, is that kind of encapsulates it. And if you look at the video, too, of Jordan Walker after he hit that home run, you look at the dugout. And I know that once he got into the dugout, they celebrated with him a little bit more. But the only person that I really saw, like, actually celebrating right after that home Jordan Walker home run was Andrew Kisner. And you're not out of the game yet, but it felt like that they were out of the game. Yes. Cardinals are at Texas. I know, but it was it was still they were out of the game says, at the first pitch. And that's the thing is, it looked like that they already knew that they were going to lose, despite having home runs yeah. from Wilson Contreras, Nolan yeah. Arenado, and Jordan Walker. They looked defeated in that yeah. dugout the entire game. You know why? Because they were. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's so like watching the body language. I, I'm real big on body language, mm-hmm. so it, it it tells you a lot about what a team is going through, what a player is going through. You can be playing or performing poorly and not having a lot of success, but you can still be a part of what's going on and still be upbeat and still be yeah. excited. Celebrate and, and, your teammate. And when you're when you have poor body language, 
it just it reeks. It it stinks. You can smell it on them. You can smell it in the in the locker room, in the clubhouse, and it makes everyone. It makes your job not fun to be a part of. Yeah. When when you have people with poor body language and people not really celebrating one another or really cheering one another on, you have a. This is. I didn't. I never. I didn't think I would get to this point, Randy Brooke. This is not a good team. And it's not a good team, not because of what they do on the field in terms of the play. That needs to be better, obviously. But they're not a good team because they're not good teammates right now. Mm-hmm. They are not good teammates to one another. And it's it, it it maybe there's a fraction in this in this clubhouse and 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 I felt the same way about the blues team. We talked about it with O'Reilly and and Tarasenko and um, Kairou and, and Thomas, we felt like I felt like that there was a little bit of uh, friction between those four people. There's friction in this clubhouse as well, which is why this team is poor and not playing well. They 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 stink. Their attitudes stink, and their play therefore is going to stink as well. Yeah. Well, and just quick question follow up. But you talk about body language. We were talking about the reaction we saw in the dugout immediately after Jordan Walker's home run. When you played against a team and you looked over and you didn't really see them kind of celebrating immediately after a touchdown or something like or something like that, you kind of knew that you already had them, right? Oh, definitely. I, I I remember so I was in my last training camp was in Washington and that was a, a something to be seen that was a that was an interesting team but I remember watching a game and uh, D'Angelo Hall had three interceptions I think they were playing the Bears and I watched every man on that sideline the first interception nobody moved the second one nobody moved the third one nobody moved and I said this is why this team stinks. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there anymore, but I'm watching the game, and it made everything I saw in training camp made sense to me during that season for that team. When you don't celebrate your teammates, when you don't have, when you you're not joyful or cheerful for your teammates having success, Jordan Walker has been gone for a month, and he comes back, he hits a bomb, mm-hmm. a, a a huge, a, a deep shot, and there's not the the adulation, the the cheering. Yeah, you're down. So what, man? You're you still you still got a heartbeat. You're still in the game. You still got a chance. And part of that is leadership. There's a video out there of Bill Belichick, and I'm not a huge Belichick fan, but he's in a team meeting, and Brady throws a touchdown pass, and nobody goes to celebrate with the guy who caught the touchdown pass. And Belichick points at the screen and says, "What the hell's going on here? We just scored a touchdown. You guys got to be down there celebrating yeah. with him." And that's something that also, unfortunately for Ali Marmol falls on leadership. Now, last night, the Cardinals did get off to a pretty good start. Paul Goldschmidt grounded into a fielder's choice. He was on base when Nolan Arenado stepped to the plate in the first. Fly ball headed for that gap. That's well hit at the track, at the wall. That one's gone. Cardinals strike for two in the first. Texas came back to tie it, and then in the bottom of the fourth with one out, Garver walked, an infield hit. A base hit by Tavares brings up Marcus Simeon. Brings up Ezekiel Duran. The 0-2 pitch chopped up the middle and handled by Gorman, but he tries to flip it to the young, and it's nowhere near him. So everybody's safe. Garver at second, Duran at first. Gorman managed to get to that ball, but over on the left side of the infield, and in trying to throw it under his other arm, he just had no direction on that. Yeah, that was not great. So 5-2 at that point. The Cardinals think they have a chance, and they actually do. They score a run, and then Jordan Walker steps to the plate after Jose, or, uh, Wilson Contreras had homered in the sixth. The pitch. Walker swings, and it's a high fly ball. Deep left field. It's long 
position. Jordan's third major league home run, his last homer was on the 8th of April at Milwaukee. And he put a charge into this one. 430 feet, 110.2 miles an hour off the bat. That was John Rooney on the Cardinals radio network. The reason that we have that call is because Jim Evans walked all over the home run on the TV call. And, uh, I, I liked it, though. You I, did, huh? I, I personally liked it. Okay, I did not. We are talking about the launch angle and, and letting players do what they do yeah. and not overcorrecting them. Jim Evans was a very good baseball player. I think he knows, you oh, know, yeah. he knows a little bit yep. about a little bit. Yep. So. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing, too, is like I, I know that <laughs> probably poor Chip in that situation. And it, it is very Jimmy Ball game, but what he was saying in that moment, like you were saying, CD, was very, very good because I feel like you don't really hear many of the people on Valley, and which they can't because of the rights holders thing. I get that it's kind of like a line they have to teeter, mm-hmm. but Jim Jimmy Ball game was just going in on basically the organization sending down Jordan Walker. Brooke, I think we have this. Oh, there we go. Yeah, let's hear it. Oh, I have the home run, yeah. oh, here's a home run. Can't tell him, hey, you need to do this because he's going to do it just like that right there. Mammoth home run. <laughs> that was a big yeah. wicket bat. I guess the meeting between the catcher and the pitcher didn't work out so well. There you go. So, and leading up oh, to that, going. he was talking about yeah, how he, and he kept going yeah. too. Yeah. The thing, if you keep listening to it, he talks about. I don't know why you would send you know a young player like that down. He's 21 years old. All that different kind of stuff. He kind of laid into the organization for their handling of it. And he also mentioned it didn't need to be handled publicly yeah. like that. You didn't have to say that he needs to work on this and that that publicly. This feels like. I mean, I've seen and and I've been around some really poorly run organizations. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals have never come off as that type of organization. They have been well run. They have had success on the field. This, a lot of this feels like a poorly run organization at this moment. Not saying that that's who they are, but in this moment, where we are, where we stand today, everything feels very poorly managed, poorly run from the top down. And and it, it again, if you have, if you're having trouble with winning games and you're having trouble with cohesion and guys aren't on the same page and either don't like each other or don't want to work together, you will not have success. I don't have to like you to work with you. I don't have to like you to have success. We don't have to speak, but guess what? When we're in between the lines, we damn well, when we have our uniform on, we are going to be the best of friends, and when we leave, I may not never speak to you again for the rest of the day. For, for, for the other 18 hours of the day, I don't have to speak to you, see you, talk to you, anything. But when we get to work, we are here working, and we are working our butt off for one common goal, and that does not feel like that's what this team is on right now. Cardinals with uh, some uncharacteristic sloppiness in 2023. Ali Marmol asked about that last night. It's plain uncharacteristic. As in, usually this is a team that hits their cutoff man, that backs up plays, that doesn't make a lot of errors on the base pass. Yeah, you have two infielders playing the outfield. But here's the yeah. thing. She's asking specifically about the fundamentals, the base running gaps, all that kind of stuff. That Backing doesn't explain. That does not explain. And it's also still inexcusable. Another part of that, too, Jordan Walker, if you're including that as well, why in the world, just going back to the handling of him, why in the world did you not move him sooner to give him more time to be a better outfielder defensively. he They had the opportunity to do that. They kept him at third down in the minors. And and that's the thing is, like, I 
I, I get what he's saying in certain parts, but at the other the other aspect of it too is that that does not explain a lot of the miscues. You look at Monday, the base running gaffes as well. That didn't have anything to do with infielders playing in the outfield. I will, I will give Ali this credit right now because that to me sounded like a frustrated manager that is having to play infielders in the outfield. So if we are in the in in the Moneyball era, what the Moneyball era tells you, you can just plug a person in no matter what their numbers are because their numbers link up and you can put them in certain places, correct? So mm-hmm. if you have infielders playing the outfield and they're not normally outfielders, things happen in the game that don't always match up to those numbers. Yeah. You know Brendan what? Donovan made jumped for it. We can ju- stop right here. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. 2011 World Series Game 7. Alan Craig, an infielder, is playing left. Skip Schumacher drafted as an infielder, is playing center field. Stop bitching. That's one Teach game. you players how to play. That, That's if, the whole if, playoffs that, in 2011. I will agree with, with Tony La Russa. Tony La Russa. There is a carry, series. Carry. Tony La Russa, that entire postseason, I will, had I, infielders playing the outfield, and he won the World Series. And if those guys can do it, then that's fine. But if you got guys that can't do it, then it's not fine, and they're being put out there. If if I'm the manager and I'm telling if I'm telling front office, hey, these guys don't play the position as well as Scoot then Skip Schumacher. Teach them how to play? I can't it. teach a duck how. I can't teach a, a shark how to fly. If you don't know how to do it, how can I? If you're unable to do it, how can Harry, how can it happen? Harry, look out there. Look out. Look right out there. I'm, I see Dunk's jersey. We Chris, love Dunk. Chris Duncan won a World Series playing the outfield. And Chris he, Duncan would sit in that chair that you're sitting in and say, you drop a couple of fly balls in the World Series, all of, all of a sudden you're a defensive liability. You know what? <laughs> Deal with it. Deal with it. And, and I, will, I will bet you good money, Dunk was as nervous as could be yep. many times. And he was an outfielder. And imagine that. Well, he was the first baseman until he came up mid- midseason. There you go. He, <laughs> they put him in the outfield. So when you have people that are playing positions that they are unfamiliar with, and they are not having success. That's his answer. You got infielders in the outfield. It's not. It's all we have right now. I, and I and, would and love you know to bring somebody up that actually plays in the outfield uh, so that we can have success. I think as a leader, as a manager, as an organization, you have to adapt. When you have things happen, you have to adapt like Tony La Russa did in 2011 in the postseason. Like Tony La Russa did with Chris Duncan in 2006. You know what you do is you just make guys better. I uh, I understand the the work, but there is a certain level that only so much work is talent and hard work make you a great player. Work alone is not going to make you a great player if you don't have the talent. And I don't think, and, and again, Brendan Donovan is a great guy. I don't think he's a terrible person. I don't think he should be your starting left fielder. There was a play, the first run that was scored, he jumped. Instead of playing the ball off of the wall, a left fielder would know, I can't get to this ball. Let me play it off the off the wall so that we can stop the runner from scoring uh, around third. I think, my, my opinion here is Ali Marmol is reaching for excuses. That's what I I think. Yes, yeah. and that's my whole thing too is if you listen to the question too fully with Katie Wu, she's asking about in general the laps and fundamentals that we have seen from this group, which we've all seen the base running. You know, we even despite the infielders and the outfields, 
I honestly think Tommy Edmund, too, has done a good job as a center fielder for this team. Yeah, he's fine. He's he's a gold glove winner. Brennan Donovan is a gold glove winner. Jordan Walker, they should have prepared him sooner. That is also something mm-hmm. on the organization. It still doesn't explain the base running gaps. How many excuses do we have to run through? The 19 days, uh, you know, 19 games in 19 days, you know, this and that, the different things, you know, there's excuse after excuse after excuse. And if that's the message we're getting publicly, then what is the message in the clubhouse? Because then, you know, what also happens when people make excuses from the top down, then it turns into the blame game. It turns into shaming. It turns into, well, I'm going to make excuses for my play, too. It makes everybody kind of look out for themselves because it turns into a blame game at that point. I think the Cardinals need some T-shirts that say, try not to suck. I think that'd be a good start, thing. Be, that would be good. Yep. Yeah, and be, then, be kind. Bring in, Try that yeah. one. How about T-shirts that say be, just be kind? Yep, that'd be good. Yeah. Bring, <laughs> cheer, I mean, cheer for each other, bring right? In, bring in a little, at least. At least. Yep. Bring in a little petting zoo. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> I just you know, I, I'm I Animal am therapy. <laughs> I am I am all for trying many things, but if you if you have people that do not get along and it the play is suffering right now, so somebody. Somebody's mm-hmm. have to put their pride well, aside and say, do I want to be right or do I want to win? Well, last year, and we're going to get to ask Uncle Randy in just a moment, but I'll make this point. Last year, the Phillies were regarded as perhaps the worst defensive team in the history of baseball. They fired Joe Girardi. They made a couple of subtle moves. Mm-hmm. Their defense improved dramatically to a top third defense in the league simply because of a managerial change and some defensive tweaks in the way that the Phillies approached the sport, and they wound up in the World Series. I don't think that this team is prepared fundamentally, and I do think that fundamental tweaks would benefit them greatly. There, Jack McKeon did the same thing with the 03 Marlins. He, he walked in. They were terrible. He focuses on defense, focuses on playing the game the right way, focuses on playing the Cardinal way, and they wind up winning the World Series. It's happened time and time and time again. And to play fundamental baseball, you have to have A, a leader that the players respect, and B, players that are willing to accept those teachings. And it doesn't look like right now the Cardinals are making a substantial effort defensively. Well, or, you even, or just overall fundamentals. And you look at the numbers, too. Uh, I mean, they've dropped dramatically, even from last year, the defensive mistakes oh. as well. I yeah. mean, it's it's a it's a giant change and not in a good way. Worst and, team. Worst team in the National League. Yeah. And, and it feels like it. And they look like it, too, to your point. And, and CD, too, just before we go to break, I think that they could do more, too, when it comes to adding stuff. Moises Gomez had a fantastic catch last night. He's an outfielder that is knocking at the door. But hey, here's the if, thing. If Moises is Mogo not going to... All I need is the nickname. If we can get Mogo up here, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, but and that's, and that's the part, though. I think we all know that even if you bring Moises Gomez up here right now, that's not going to solve all these problems. And that's a scary no. position to be in. I just... Uh, I, I hate to make a judgment about a, a leader, but... You know, it's also unfair to call Ali Marmol a leader. I, 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 here's the thing, and I know we got a break, and I'm, I'm, I, you, I, you couldn't get me to run four three. I don't care how much you trained me, man. I couldn't do it. I physically was unable to run four three four 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 five. 
Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Four, 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 three. Not going to happen. I could have trained and I did train until my damn eyes were about to fall out. I couldn't do it because it's a physical trait that I did not have. There are physical limi- li- liabilities mm-hmm. and, and things that people don't have that they're unable to do. And if you put people in certain positions, I don't give a damn how much you train them. They cannot do it. Is he going to win a gold glove? No, but did Kyle Schwarber play left field for a National League championship team last year? Yes. And believe me, Brendan Donovan can be every bit as good defensively as Manny Ramirez or Kyle Schwarber. I'm sure there were were times where... People were upset at him being out in the outfield yep. as well for not for misplaying balls and, and and what the hell is he doing? And the key is getting those guys up to speed fundamentally. Athleticism is is what it is. But can you get players to play well fundamentally? We've seen it time and time and time again here in St. Louis. Ask Uncle Randy is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. Time for Ask Uncle Randy. The text line open 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo ho! I know that we all got a little depression going on because of what's happening with the Cardinals, but that doesn't mean we need to spend our entire days unhappy. So let's ask Uncle Randy. Matthew, what do you got for us? Uh, Uncle Randy, was firing Schilt a worse decision than trading Alcantara? That's a great Mm. question. I would say that when they traded Sandy Alcantara, they obviously didn't know what they had. He was 190 pounds. He's 240 now. He has grown into a man. But I don't. I don't think the Marlins knew what they were getting in Sandy Alcantara. But you knew what you had in Mike Schilt because Mike Schilt had George Kissel's little leather book, and he put it to use. And there are a lot of Cardinals over the course of the years that owe their ability to play good, solid, fundamental baseball to Mike Schilt. So I would say. Overall, yes. The other thing about Alcantara is that when you traded him, people tend to forget that Marcelo Zuna was a gold glove winner and a silver slugger, and the Cardinals needed a slugger. And if they don't get Marcelo Zuna during that offseason, remember, Giancarlo Stanton had decided not to come here or San Francisco. He wanted to go one of four places, the four LCS teams. But if the Cardinals had not gotten a hitter that year, this fan base would have been up in arms. They And by the way, I didn't hear anybody moaning about trading Sandy Alcantara on the day he got traded. But I, I think people were more excited about getting I think we have 20-20 high, a lot of people. No, everybody. That Anybody that complains about Alcantara has 20-20 hindsight. Yeah. Anybody. Yep. Same thing about a Rosarena, by the way. Yep. Yes. People, they, I, we got a text one time. It's like we all knew Rosarena was going to be a star. I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, somebody, somebody literally did say the that. The 24 yeah. major league plate appearances, you knew. Yeah, bam, a hundred percent star. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm yeah. guessing that person hadn't seen him play. Yeah, it's like, listen, we can all argue or say at least at the major. League. We can uh, all say yeah. without 2020 hindsight that people wanted to see more of a Rosarena at the time. Yeah. They were wondering why is he up here if he's not going to get at bats. I'll go but, back to the geez. the mic drops that night, and by, by the way, you can send in your mic drops about the Cardinals. But the mic drops and texts that day of that trade 
when me and BT and uh, I think it was Ron, you were sitting here uh, when they made that trade. People were upset about the Cardinals trading Jose Martinez. Yes. And Rose, Randy Rosarena wasn't even thought of as a, a factor in that trade. Because you hadn't seen him that much. Right. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, does working out in my garage with the door open count as an outdoor workout for 75 hard? Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> if the if the door is open, 100% mm. that counts. Yeah, like when, remember uh, Terrell Owens working out in yeah. his driveway? That's an outdoor workout for 75 hard. Yeah, it does. They count. As long as you 45 minutes, you're good. Mm. I, I, I'm, I was a little intimidated by that. I read it and I was like, mm. Oh, 75 hard? Yeah, it seems like a lot. The I, two workouts a day, and then one of them being outside, no yeah. matter what, no is matter like the temperature. The, yeah, it could rain. Michelle did it. Michelle and I did it like during COVID. I did it for, I, I did 27 hard. And then I, I was done by day 28. <laughs> but Michelle did it very, very well. And she would just go for a walk in Forest Park or whatever. Okay. You can do that. You did 27 okay. hard. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I think I'd go like four hard. I'm not surprised yeah. with how much you've tried to like interfere with Carrie and I's diets. Didn't, that, it, that it didn't oh, work. Yeah, that it only lasted 27. Yes. I'm not surprised. 27 days is a long time, though. It was too long. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. Never again. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, how about a whole Billy Martin deal and we bring back Schilt? That'd be fun. <laughs> That'd be really fun. I, I, I was I, thinking maybe we, uh, the manager and the player had a fight in the dugout. I thought that's where we were going here. But yeah, bringing back Schilt wouldn't be a problem. Do you think uh, somebody needs to go ahead and fight? I thought yesterday, we talked about it <laughs> yesterday, somebody getting a little chin music and, and Wilson Contreras got mm-hmm. hit on the helmet. I thought maybe that would be the 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 catalyst for this team to, to get riled up and fired up. It, it, it they didn't. don't seem to care much. No, and then it, it would be, what if we saw we would pay attention to to like who would run to help it, him and how quickly we'd be yeah. analyzing yeah. that yeah, today. You might have a few guys walking out there, oh, yeah. <laughs> rolling their eyes. Don't want to get fined for being in the dugout. Uh. Dear Uncle Randy, Cousin Carrie, and Aunt Brooke, my dad is pretty difficult to buy presents for. With Father's Day coming up, what do you recommend as a good gift for dad? Okay, uh, let's start with this. If dad is a golfer. I would suggest the Golf Discount of St. Louis <laughs> gift card if, oh. if dad is a golfer. But if dad is difficult to buy for, what you do is go with a gift card. Whatever his favorite thing is, go with a gift card. And whatever the store, like maybe dad is, he, he likes to jog. We'll get him a, a gift card for our, uh, a workout place or Dick Sports or something like that. But yeah, if he's difficult to buy for, get him something that, a card so that he can get what he likes best. Yeah, that that's always difficult. I feel like my father, I, I sympathize with this texture because I feel like my father is like the hardest person to buy for because he likes two things, Tennessee football, Titans, the Vols, mm-hmm. and he will just kind of, you know how they're doing based on how much Titans stuff he's wearing and how much Vols okay. stuff he's wearing. There was a stretch during the time where you didn't see him wearing any Titans and Vols stuff, <laughs> so you knew that they, neither one of them were doing that great. Yeah, I'm going so, to represent those guys. Yeah, so typically, and it, he likes very simple just t-shirt and like a logo, so I sympathize because other than that, he just likes watching football. <laughs> that's, that's that's about as much as it goes with him. He's Rob. Yeah, he's, he's Rob Lowe. Yeah. yeah. He's Rob Lowe. Just get him an NFL hat. Yeah. Just a hat that so. just says NFL. Yeah. Text in and tell us what your dad's uh, hobby is, and we'll we'll have something. Uh, dear Uncle Randy and Brooke and cousin Carrie, I moved up to Chicago two years ago for a new job, and ever since my first day here, I have been miserable. I can't trust mm. anyone, and everyone plays the blame game. Ex- uh, it, Except me, I guess he's trying to say. Oh, I might the be the only one that accepts their. I might be the only one that accepts their faults. Is it a terrible, to- toxic work environment? What should I do? Well, if it's making you miserable, don't live with it. Now you were able to get another job. Obviously, you have have made the move. Depending on where you want to be, you can always come back. 
or you can move to a different spot there. But the worst thing that you can do is stay in a toxic environment that makes you miserable. Life's too short to be miserable. So start looking for something that'll make you happier. That's my recommendation to ask Uncle Randy. I 100% agree with that. I 100% agree with that. Life's (laughs) too short. (laughs) Yes. Life is too short. (laughs) Find work and find people you like. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Go go where you want. Go where you're wanted. I was talking to uh, Brooks, very friendly fiance David the other night, Mm -hmm. and he was so happy that you're so happy. There you go. Yes, I love working with you guys. Every single day I go home (laughs) happy. So it's it's been a lot of fun. Good. We're happy you're here. We're all happy. We are. Minus We're great teammates, too. (laughs) Yeah, we cheer each (laughs) other on. Take notes, Cardinals. (laughs) You got one more, Matthew? (laughs) Oh, he's looking. He's looking. No, we're out. Somebody somebody disagreed with me that they knew Randy Rosarino was a star. (laughs) Because he hit 400 of the minors in 97 at bats at double A. I was wondering. You were typing away over there. When Matthew gets in the zone like that, he's going back and forth with a texture. Say stuff sometimes, and I'm just and I just wonder where where they get it. And he's like, he almost hit 400. There was one team in all of baseball that came after Randy Rosarena, and that was the Rays. They wanted him specifically. They saw him in Mexico when he defected from Cuba. They tried to sign him, couldn't. The Cardinals got him. That was the one team. The Dodgers didn't come after him. The Angels didn't come after him. The Cubs didn't come after him. There was one team that came after Randy Rosarena. So uh, I, I would like to know what position you hold in the Rays front office. Congratulations. Because you're having a good year this Randy, year. Randy, you know everyone that has a uh, has a stretch of, of 100 at-bats where they hit 400 in the double-A is a Major League Baseball star. It's never mm-hmm. not worked out. So th- this is probably the guy also that said, oh, the Cardinals should have drafted Albert Pujols in the first round. How they, why did they, they, they take him in the in the 13th? When are the Cardinals <laughs> retiring Tyler Green's number? That, uh, later this year? Let's see. Are you going to take that away from Tyler O'Neill? <laughs> oh... <laughs> If we ever see him again. Uh, yeah, probably not. Uh, coming up here on 101 ESPN, stunning news yesterday out of the PGA. They have merged with Live Golf. We'll give you our opinions next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new big green egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
You know, there's been a lot of tension in our sport over the last couple of years. But what we're talking about today is coming together to unify the game of golf and to do so under one umbrella. And David, the way that we're doing that is we're creating a for-profit LLC uh, that the PIF is going to invest in alongside the DP World Tour. Uh, and together, we're going to move forward uh, and we're going to take efforts to, to grow and expand this great game and to take it to new heights. And so what's happened today, and to your earlier question, is we've recognized that together we can have a far greater impact on this game than we can working apart. And I give Yasser great credit for coming to the, t coming to the table, coming to the discussions with an open heart and an open mind. We did the same, and the game of golf is better for what we've done here today. That's Jay Monahan. He is the... He is the commissioner of the PGA Tour. An open heart, an open mind, and an open checkbook. I think he should have added in there. Uh, stunning news yesterday that the PGA Tour had merged with Live Golf. PGA Tour players didn't know about it. Greg Norman apparently didn't know about it. He's been the face of Live Golf. And there are many, many articles about this online. And as you might guess, there are a lot of different approaches to how people look at it. And I most agree with Ryan Barath of Golf.com who, when asked who the winners and losers was, in his loser column said, the winner is the act of sports washing, and the loser is the professional golf ecosystem. Saudi Arabia gets exactly what it wants. It's hands on another entity that people already love and have a hard time turning away from. The losers, if you want to call them that, are the players who stuck by Jay Monahan and now look like a bunch of hoodwinked pawns. And it's hard to feel sorry for people that have multi-millions of dollars like Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods, uh, but those are the guys that went to podiums and at the behest of Jay Monahan railed against Live Golf and now he has partnered with them. Monahan, you know, he said we and it, he when he refers to we it's me and Live Golf because nobody on the PGA Tour knew what was ca happening yesterday. And and it is stunning and it, it was a sad day for golf because ultimately sports washing does win all the heinous activities, all of the human rights activities that Saudi Arabia has engaged in over the years now are being washed away because of their participation in golf. Yeah. And, you know, when we when we broke the news yesterday, when when it first came out, I didn't I mean, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know if any of the tour players were involved. But now, as more and more reports coming out, I don't even think that you can call this a merger. I think that's a little too forgiving of a word. I would say more of like twisting of the arm is the best a way purchase, to. Yeah. yeah. To describe this, because even Roy McIlroy, the way that he has stood strong against this as well, thinking that Monaghan had his back, I assume the way that he has stood strong in this, he even sits on the tour policy board and he was surprised by this. You have tour golfers finding out via Twitter about this happening. The fact that they weren't even consulted in this, I don't know how you can exactly celebrate this happening if you're Monahan. And even just last year, this is what Monahan had to say to Jim Nance about live. I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications. And as it relates to the families of 9-11, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones. And so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask, you know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving, have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? 
my my jaw is on the floor listening to that. How hypocritical. Just you heard what he said yesterday and then what he said a year ago. So what changed? Money changed. That's what happened. You shame Phil Mickelson. You shame Brooks Kepka. You shame Dustin Johnson. You let Roy McRoy and others stand firm with you against Liv. And it seems like after Brooks Kepka won the PGA Championship, that that is when things started moving a little bit faster, where they're like, well, we got to get some of these guys back over here. We got to figure some way to work this out. It is a terrible excuse and it's shameful. It's absolutely shameful. If I was the PGA Tour golfers, I'd be enraged. I might even be looking. Looking at starting my own tour, it's it's unfortunate, but it is on par with where we are in society. People will always take the money. They will always choose money over morals, over the right thing to do, over what they just said 365 days ago, what they said three weeks ago, three days ago. If money is presented and it's a certain level, a certain number, people are generally going to take that because, I mean, why not? They, they feel like it's their right. They, they are owed that. They are due. That's due to them. So it doesn't surprise me that this happened. If I'm Rory, if I'm Tiger, I'm livid because I turned down $400 million for Rory and $700, $800 million for Tiger. Million for Tiger. Yep. That, I, people can say, oh, they have money. You are people that don't know how much money money is when you mm-hmm. say that. $800 million, even if you got yeah. $500 billion, it's still, and maybe not that much, but if you got $500 million, it's still a lot of money. It's still uh, 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 close to a billion dollars that one company was willing to pay you, and you turned it down because of your morals, and you thought that everyone on your side felt that way, and mm-hmm. then the leader of your side said, ah, gotcha, nope. Money, pay me. Mm-hmm. We'll do it. Don't worry about it. It's unfortunate for the golfers. It's unfortunate for golf. Um, but it shouldn't be a surprise because that's the world we live in. There are two people in the world that have the movie Gross Point Blank in their top five movies of all time. Fortunately, it's me and a friend of mine. And we use the term moral flexibility a lot uh, because that's the John Cusack character said he was a, a hitman, And he said, I had the moral flexibility to be able to to do this. I would think that it took a great deal of moral flexibility on the part of Jay Monahan to take this money from the Saudis who have committed. He admitted all of these human rights atrocities and completely leave his membership and it's supposed to be a member organization member run organization to leave his membership out of it and i wonder now with what we know about the the live golf situation and the saudis a if you work for the pga tour pga.com are you ever going to criticize the saudis i don't think you are knowing the history of jamal kasagi and are you if you're a pga player that is gay are you ever coming out no. Knowing the, the human rights atrocities of, of Saudi Arabia? No. No. So he, Jay Monahan, has a high level of moral flexibility, and he even mentioned that he is a hypocrite, but he really did horrible things for his league and his membership. Yeah. Well, and it's even too, and, you know, Rocky, I know we were talking about this yesterday, that you're seeing it in soccer as well, too. So that moral compass is. Uh, maybe not panning out for a lot of people when the money's on the table, but to your point with Tiger Woods too, $800 million that he turned down. And just his background in general, I think we all know his father, military background, Vietnam vet, and then also Tiger himself went through some of that Navy SEAL training. He has high respect and regard for the military as well too. I can't imagine that he 
feels good about this whatsoever. And that's why I'm so anxious to hear what he has to say, what Rory has to say as well. And I have a question is, and I, I don't know how hypocritical I am. I don't know about my moral flexibility. Will this automatically affect the way anybody watches golf? Anybody in this room, will, will you be less inclined to watch golf because the Saudis own it now? I think people are still going to watch. I don't think it's yeah, going to I don't think yeah. it's going to stop. I don't think anyone is going to say, "Oh no, I won't watch this." Eh, maybe they will, maybe a few people will, but I don't think it's going to be to the point where people just turn off the TV, especially if Rory is playing, if Tiger decides mm-hmm. to come back for for, you know, at some point with all of his ailments and injuries. I don't think people will turn off the TV. The people that are that should be most upset are the ones that were told that this was never going to happen. Yeah. The ones that are directly impacted. The ones that turned down life-altering, life-changing money to do the right thing and then only to have the company, the leader of your company, say, no, we're going to do the wrong thing because the money yeah. is talking. It's too much. Yeah, and he had to get something out of it. Monahan has to get something. Nobody would... He's not tarnished. He's destroyed his legacy. Nobody would destroy the legacy that Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, has unless they were getting a significant amount out of it. Yeah, and and it comes out of money not just in in two different ways. Because one thing is is they create this new entity that now is going to be funded by the Saudis and and their unending stream of money. But also, they protect the 501c... Three, yep. three status of the PGA, which which that was one thing that came out later in the deal, which is the PGA is going to stay as a nonprofit organization. Had they gone through with the lawsuit, they open their books probably the same way the NFL wants to avoid, and they probably lose that nonprofit status. So there's two streams of money that just got protected by this deal. And I'm not so sure that they'll be able to do that. I thought it was interesting yesterday that uh, Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut tweeted uh, right after the announcement was made, so weird. PGA officials were in my office just months ago talking about how the Saudis' human rights record should disqualify them from having a stake in a major American sport. I guess maybe their concerns weren't really about human rights. So I wonder if now that the PGA has taken this approach, probably with more than just Chris Murphy, I wonder if they are still going to be allowed to be a 501c3. Yeah, well, and here's the thing, too, because we've gotten some texts in saying that it doesn't necessarily matter. You also have the NBA with some deep ties to China as well, some people pointing that, too. Here's the thing. It was literally Monaghan. We played that clip of what he Mm -hmm. said last year about how it would be hard to look into the eyes of the 9-11 victims and all that stuff. He said that. Nobody forced him to say that. That. He said that on his own, and then you had that quick change. He deserves to be called out. You deserve to question the morality behind this. And, Brooke, there was only one person. Wasn't it Daryl Morey that, yeah. uh, from the NBA that questioned China? The NBA has embraced China. The PGA Tour drove a wedge between themselves and live golf and, and mentioned the, the human rights atrocities and the involvement with yes. 9-11. I think these are pretty disparate things because the NBA has tried to globalize with China. The PGA Tour said, no, Saudi's bad, Saudi's bad. So I, I don't know that you can equate those two. That's Brooke. That's Kerry. That's Matthew. I'm Randy. Coming up, take it or leave it. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, yo ho on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. Do you like it? 
take it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646 and give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Here on 101 ESPN, Brooke, Kerry, Matthew, and Randy, get your text in right now to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Guys, Kerry, you brought this up. Take it or leave it, a group of star players from the PGA Tour breaks away to start their own tour. I'm going to leave it. I mean, I don't I don't think that that happens. There's a lot of money that's going to have to be put into that. Uh, without the certainty of receiving mm-hmm. a lot of money back, mm-hmm. um, and if you're Tiger Woods and you were offered 800 million, why the hell would I want to put up 200 million to, to start something? You know, what I mean, I, I just I, I'll leave it. I don't think that they. I don't think it happens. I think they're gonna be upset, and then they're gonna play. They are. They're yeah. professional players. Yeah, I. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll just go the other way with just taking it for the fact of. I can see how frustrating this could be for Rory, for Tiger, for those who thought that they were doing the right thing and had the PGA Tour backing them in that. And they have the money, you know, to be able to do something like that. They have people who would gladly, I'm sure, sponsor and follow them as well. Um, it's just, it's hard because I just, I don't know, maybe it's just simple. I would like just to see all the stars back together again. I just didn't want it to happen in this way is where I'm torn mm-hmm. between. Yeah. Uh, so my take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. Jay Monahan is uh, resigning in six months and is on a beach somewhere. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I'll take they, that they, too. Well, they, they don't have beaches. He's on some sand somewhere. Six months seems <laughs> long. Six months seems uh, long. Three months. Two what weeks. Month are we in? June. June. <laughs> I mean July. I'm like the, the guy's not going to be in America for the for the Fourth of July uh, celebration. I'll, I'll get out of here. By the end of the year. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Out of I agree. Out of here. Take it or leave it. The guys that did leave for live were celebrating a lot. They're yesterday. the winners. They they came out the winners in all this, right? Yep. Phil they, looks great. They, they, they took were a little bit of too. heat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Dustin Johnson. Yeah. It's how Randy, I, I, I Brooke, do you know how mad I would be at you all? If someone offered me $800 million and we as a group said we're not going to do it and then you two, you three said, yeah, yeah. okay, we're going to do it. And then I miss out on my $800 million. I, ooh-hoo. You'd be mad? I'd be mad. Yeah. Yeah. Randy, I would come in here and knock all of this stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame me, brother. I do not blame you one bit. Everything, i knock it all down. Randy, what do you got on the text line? <laughs> Take it or leave it. If the Cardinals get swept today, then there will be some firings or shakeups with the coaching staff before coming back to St. Louis. Leave it. Leave it, too. I'm going to leave it. I mean, it's the Rangers. I don't know if that's yeah. going to be... <laughs> That's sadly, I think it's good. It would take a little bit more than that. I expect so, the Rangers to win, sadly, but I do too. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, you know what? I don't think the Cardinal front office, and by the way, they've done a fantastic job. I give the stat all the time that we, in since 2010, they've only had five games where they didn't have a chance to make the playoffs, might have substantially more than that this year, but. I don't think that the Cardinal ownership and front office could subjugate their ego enough to Mm -hmm. say we got it wrong. No, absolutely 
not. I I just don't see that happening because this is not something that they've just been building on for a few years. This is something that they've been working on for a long time. And that's why I felt like Jeff, Jeff Albert leaving, which I know that's a name that you can't bring up. It's like bring up Voldemort around here. But I, I'm saying that was why it felt like probably such a surprise because John Mozeliak has been building towards kind of his vision of things. And Jeff Albert was an essential part yeah. of that as well. And so to lose that piece was frustrating. I can't see the front office or the Cardinals conceding that yes we've been going around uh, going about this whole business plan that we have the wrong way yeah it's it's wrong I, I this person I just you live in such a wonderful world he says take it or leave it we should stop talking about the Cardinals until they start winning oh I just I wish cool I it want, might be a while I want <laughs> to run through the the meadows that gonna, cover the planet that you live on can I give you a, a, a <laughs> I've told this story before. I'm just saying, it never rains yeah. there either. Yeah. I, no I've, bees. I've told this story before, and I love it. So that's why I'm going to give, take a minute to to tell this story. Uh, right when Bob Costas had his first in, uh, iteration of uh, his show on HBO, he did a show on Sports Talk Radio, and he had Mike Francesa from New York on. It was right after 2000. It was like 2008, and he's talking to Francesa about sports talk and what works. And Francesa said, "You know, we had in." 2007, the Giants win the Super Bowl. He said, and they beat the undefeated Patriots, and they they win the Super Bowl. He said, that was a sports talk radio nine. He said, also in 2007, we had the Mets blow a five and a half game lead with seven games left in the season. That was a sports talk radio 10. Hmm. People love misery, especially here. (laughs) There is no ambivalence at all. People love hating on things. Wherever you are in the country, people love hating. And when the team is this bad, there's a lot more reaction. We want your mic drops because we're going to use them. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, Mike drops right now on the on the 101 ESPN app. What do you think of the Cardinals? And people, don't you guys get the sense? And we're happy about it because, I mean, what, what are you going to do? Uh, the number of the day scheduled to arrive. The number of the day is... Five. So you got to smile through the misery at some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, and also people like shouting out their opinions. And you have social media now, too, <laughs> to be able yep. to to do things. I was thinking about this yesterday, about what it must be like as a writer, too, where you know that people won't even get past your headlines because people mm-hmm. already have decided before even reading the story how they're going to feel about that. And so now I'm, I'm wondering with writers, like, how do you craft the headlines to be able to even get people to click into your article? Because people have already decided they have it all figured out, right? Like, I mean, we right. everybody has it figured out. I don't need to read that article about it. Yeah, we know how we feel already and that nothing's going to change, right? Yeah. You're exactly right. Uh, take it or leave it. The PGA Tour merged with Liv because the Saudis had already gutted them like, uh, too soon? Ooh. Oh, jeez <laughs> Louise. <laughs> Are you guys uncomfortable with me uh, reading? Yes. You are? Okay. Yes. Okay. Don't do it. (laughs) Oh, the tweet? Do not. Oh, do not. Mm, Fine, we won't do it. Don't. I'm like, too soon? Way too soon. Just because other people do a lot of stuff doesn't mean we have to. Do not. Okay. Please. I will just say. Okay, all right. Look for a guy guy on Twitter (laughs) named James Heskey, H-E-S-K-Y. And you'll know it's James Heskey. It's the best. Or just go to me or Randy's Twitter because we retweeted it. You know, when you tell people not to do something, that means they go do it. 
They, they yeah. have to do yeah. it even faster. They're going to go check it. So <laughs> it just It's weird hey. that you're talking a lot about people doing certain things is all I'm saying, Carrie. Oh it's, just, my it's, a, God. it's a weird correlation considering no. uh, Take it or leave it. The worst part about waking up this morning is realizing I won't be able to watch meaningful Cardinal baseball until next April. Uh, uh, that can't be bad. the worst thing that's, about that's waking up. That, that, that's your, it is St. Louis. Revolt, well, you got to get out. My man, it's not that humid. I mean, there's not a lot of things to be mad about right now. You gotta. It's a. It's not hot. It's pretty nice outside. Traffic on Olive is moving at a steady pace. Whoa, oh, oh, there we go. Yeah, there traffic go. On, uh, on, on Eastbound Olive looks very clear. I'll tell you what, Westbound Olive it is crystal clear. You could be going 109 miles an hour right now <laughs> if you're on Westbound God. Olive. And, man, nobody will, nobody will bother you at all. By the way, north, south, east, west. Uh, if you don't live in St. Louis, 270 goes northbound, southbound, eastbound, and westbound. It's pretty cool, actually. Uh, and it's crystal clear for you, I hope. I was going to the golf tournament on Monday morning, by the way. I said up here in the jet copter. I couldn't believe the traffic. I'm glad I work the hours I do. I'm Captain Randy Character, 101 ESPN Jet Copter 2. <laughs> oh. Okay, okay yeah. I'm back here on the ground, guys. There's <laughs> a view up there pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. No, nice the sky's okay. Day. Yeah. It's supposed to rain, I thought. Yeah, I think so. Right. It rained a little bit this morning. Hold off a little yeah, bit. It'll be okay. All right, coming up here on 101 ESPN. Thanks very much for your text, by the way. And yeah, James Heskey, uh, let me see. His, the tweet was tweeted. You really want people to so see funny. this? So Even funny. though you 20, said you 21 don't. hours ago. 21 hours okay. ago. Okay. Uh, just text us if, if you laughed when you saw it. <laughs> or not. <laughs> or not. Yeah. Or not. Some people aren't. aren't uh, well. Some people don't have the dark sense of humor that others have. Really, really dark. Oh, Randy has. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, coming up. Uh, so, if you can make a realistic move for the Cardinals, are you bringing up Mogo? What is your next move for the Redbirds here on 101 ESPN? to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. I'm of the belief the savior to this situation is not in the organization. There are a couple of people somewhere in another organization that probably need to be contributing to what we have going on now. That is Mike Claiborne yesterday here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. The Cardinals lose last night 6-4 in Texas. And I think most people would agree that the Cardinals are as former football Cardinal uh, head coach Gene Stallings was so fond of saying the Cardinals Kind of scuffling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, they're, they're 25 and 37 now. Uh, uh, they're, they're in last place in the National League, and they're just not very good. And so the question is, what do you do if you want to fix the team? And M- Mike Claiborne is exactly right. I don't know that that person that the Cardinals need right now is necessarily with another team when he says it's got to be somebody from the outside. But here's what I would do. You guys know my answer. Uh, the person is not in the organization, though. The person is Joe Madden. If you want to fix this thing now, you bring in Joe Madden to uh, oversee the the baseball ops and uh, put this organization on a track towards being the sort of organization that the Cardinals are playing against right now, the, the Texas Rangers. You've got to get 
back to people. It, it, it can't be about numbers. You've got to have people that manage the sport and that play the sport. It's not a video game. It's not a computer. There are people and heartbeats involved, and the Cardinals need to get back to that. Well, I don't even think that Joe Madden would be able to fix what's going on because this is an internal issue, in my opinion. I, I'm seeing, as I said with the with the Blues earlier in the season, they were struggling struggling internally. They had some friction, some things going on in that in that locker room that were uh, not allowing them to have success on the ice. And the Cardinals are having some of those same issues. And you know, we had the kerfuffle with mm-hmm. uh, Wilson Contreras and the pitching staff. And I think we learned that the pitcher that uh, may have had the most issues with Jordan Montgomery. It seems as though that was the one. And you are in a situation now where it just doesn't look team-friendly. It doesn't look workmanlike. It doesn't look like guys are going to the ballpark every single day with a mindset to do their job despite what feelings they may have for one another off of the field. There is something going on there, let me which is why term. they stink. Yeah. yeah, let me give you a term here, CD. Tell me if this applies. When Dick Vermeil came to St. Louis, took over a bad organization with some bad people in it, he said, I got to pull the weeds. Yeah. So is that what you think? You think the, the, the Cardinals need to pull the weeds? Yeah, some people will be traded yeah. at, at some point. And here's the thing. <laughs> Wilson Contreras ain't going to be. He's here. He signed. You, yep. you follow the money, man. The person that <laughs> right, gets right. signed, the person <laughs> with the money has the leverage. I don't give a damn if I'm and 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 that's probably how Wilson feels. <laughs> I got paid 87 five point million dollars. I'm not going anywhere. Your ass will be out of here before <laughs> I will. So yeah. if you are not reading the room properly and maybe there are a few people that want to be gone but at some point there will be some shakeups and you know we talk about flag day being the day wherever the, the, the maybe it's before the trade deadline maybe it's right at the deadline but something is going to change and maybe the Cardinals hold off until then to try to figure out if they can get this right but if they aren't right internally they won't be right on the field either yeah I think I think that there's a lot of layers and kind of tears to this too so I think momentarily just something that they might do I think that they should bring up Moises Gomez that's a name that we've talked about a little bit recently Um, he led the minors last year I believe in home runs and then he's a threat once again he has a 285 average OPS over a thousand 14 home runs right now and by the way he's an outfielder so I see them making that kind of momentary or just like kind of move for right now and but here's the thing that I keep going back and forth with when it comes to if they would actually do something Thing, or if they would make a change when it comes to Ali Barmal, that also, as we talked about earlier, means that that's basically admitting a failure from the front office on your whole plan that you had and in not going as planned. And maybe it seems like they only want to hire people, too, who have been a part of the Cardinals organization, who's been through the Cardinals system, knows the Cardinals way, has actually experienced that. That's where I don't see them actually going out and getting Joe Madden. I think it would be very helpful for this group to have somebody in there that has more of that experience, can get back to the fundamentals. I just think that if they did that, that would be them giving up on what Moselock and this front office has been building on for a long time now. And I just don't see that happening. And I'm not saying that it should or shouldn't. I'm just saying I would be very surprised. Should there be a change? It's going to get to the point 
where excuses are going to run out, right? Like you can blame the I infielders. Think we're there. Yeah, right. you can blame the infielders <laughs> in the outfield. You can blame the 19 game stretch. You can blame, you know, Wilson Contreras. You can blame Tyler O'Neill. You keep running out of excuses and people to blame, and then it just leaves you exposed, right? Uh, it, it just leaves yeah. you exposed. And so it's going to get to the point where. And and I noticed, too, that Mosella kind of mentioned this yesterday. If we have to look outside the organization, then we're in trouble. He's looking at this to be solved internally. And if it doesn't get solved here soon, then they are going to make some changes, I would assume, because you can't have players continue to be this frustrated, which is what they look like. It looks like and I don't doubt that there's preparation behind the scenes. I've seen it. You know, you have you guys have seen it right right before the game. It's not like they just show up and play a game. There's preparation behind the scenes for whatever reason, though. They're not buying into some process and it's not translating out on the field. And that's what's concerning. Let's get to a quick mic drop from Charles, who joins us here on 101 ESPN. Look, I'm not mad at all. There's two ways that you can approach this. Either you can wallow away in misery and get upset at how poorly we're playing. Or on the other hand, you can drive across the river into Illinois and place a little coin on the run line and the money line for whoever we're playing against because it does not matter. And, you know, the Cardinals have been lining my pockets. Thanks a lot, Mo. <laughs> Charles? It's, I'm not going to say that's not good advice. Not, not wrong. <laughs> not, not wrong. You got you to gotta find your green meadows, right, Rocchio? That's what you're talking about. You got to find something to I mean, you know be happy about at this point. That was moment. me kind of saying that person's living in a fantasy world. But yeah, sure. Yeah. Reject careful. everyone else's reality and substitute your own. Yeah. We were going to uh, get more of your mic drops coming up at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. Next up, though, we've got our bird watch here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. Bird droppings? Oh, what happened? Oh, no, bird watch. Bird watch. Yeah. Some people on the text line want us to change it to bird droppings. It's not a bad thing. Uh, I mean, it kind of is. There it is. Oh, there, there, there it is. Terrible. That's there a big we go. Splat. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That is the worst. You know what's the, the when you just get your car washed and the bird picks you out? Yes. That's a Oh, little birdie. That's not great. Who wants to start here? Not me. I'll go ahead and get us started, guys. Mine is kind of a bird dropping, so I guess that that sound, there we go, that sound kind of works out with that. Because, you know, we talked about this earlier, and it's something that we've kind of pointed out a lot. The Cardinals' reliance on the home run this season, especially when you look at right now, and and look, it's absolutely great that Nolan Arnauto was able to get, you know, a two-run bomb. You had solo shots from Wilson Contreras and Jordan Walker, but it still was not enough to win the game. And it was interesting, Bally Sports Midwest put out this, you know, kind of stat last night about how reliant they are on the home run. The Cardinals are scoring almost 50% of their runs so far this season via the home run, 48.4%. The thing is, is that when we're talking about finding ways to win games and they put up a graphic, too, where you could see like the Braves, the Dodgers also have a pretty high high amount as well, about 50 percent. So close to what the Cardinals are doing. But I think it's also fair to point out too. look at the difference between the lineups. 
when you're talking mm-hmm. about the Cardinals, Braves, and Dodgers. But at this point, you should just be finding ways to win games. You know, it, it shouldn't have to all be reliant on the home run if you're going to yeah. win a game or not. Because you look at last night, it still wasn't enough, even though it was three from three different people. Right. You, you, uh, I was going to say, it's hard to find, find ways to win games when you aren't doing the, the fundamental, when you're not fundamentally sound, when you're having errors, you know, in the field, errors on the base paths, when you're not running the, running the base, pa- base, pa- base paths correctly. It's just a lot of things that they aren't doing well. And, you know, as a professional athlete, that's your job. I don't, I, we, we talk so much about, oh, the management, oh, the coaches, the front office. The players on the field have the final say-so. And if you aren't doing your job, Randy, Brooke, I told you all this time and time again, you don't get to keep your job. That's mm-hmm. normally how sports go. That's how baseball go, as Ron Washington says. Yep. You don't get to keep your job if you don't perform your job well. It just is what it is. So I, I, maybe they'll figure it out. Maybe they won't. I hope they do you at some point. Going. Do we have another bird dropping? There it is. All right. So I was telling you all when I came in today, there there is a a bit of a something going on internally. I watched Wilson Contreras. You talked about Jordan Walker hitting his home run, and not a lot of people, when they showed the clip of him rounding the bases, it wasn't a really a lot of excitement. And maybe that's because they were down at the time, and they, they just felt down in, in spirits and didn't feel like it was a – they, they were that close to getting back to winning the game. But then I they also, Wilson Contreras also hit a home run. And I, I watched in the dugout when they they he entered the dugout. There was a, a, it seems to be a little bit of a tension between him and Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery didn't look like he wanted to clap hands, high five, slap five, none of that. He looked like, and maybe maybe that's the angle that I saw and maybe I'm wrong. But when I watched it, that's what it, that's the, the vibe and the feeling that I got. And we had, um, we had Claves on yesterday, and he was talking about Ali talking to some of the players in that clubhouse. But what was funny about it is I had another player who we were talking yesterday, and he said, let me ask you a question. He said, what's it like in the clubhouse? And I said, what do you mean? He said, the guy's playing ping pong or whatever. And I said, you know, it's interesting. No. He said, well, we're in a situation where this guy snapped on some players yesterday or the day before, and they're struggling. And, and he was like, he, he he took all the ping pong paddles and everything and threw them out. He said, "Look, until we figure this out, this is how this is going to be." And so right now, they, they, they are struggling internally. They have some things going on in that clubhouse, and I I know this for a fact. If you are not all on the same page, we don't have to like each other. We don't have to be kumbaya and hanging around and 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 locking arms and and singing songs and and skipping to the park. But damn it, when we get in between these lines, I gotta fight for you and you gotta fight for me and we gotta work together. And until they decide that, they will not win games. They are going to struggle because right now they are a bunch of individuals and they are not a team. There might be a few people that are on the same team and. Then another few people that are on the same team, but collectively they are not all on the same team, and they are there is friction. And until they figure that out, they're going to lose. And 
the other part is some people are going to lose their jobs or be traded mm-hmm. because of it. Because that's how sports go. When you're not winning, when you're struggling as a pitcher or a hitter or a fielder, you don't get those opportunities and you either get traded or you get released or you get moved and sometimes you get an opportunity somewhere else and sometimes you don't, depending on your level of talent. And so that's where the Cardinals are right now. They are a team that is struggling to win games and be a cohesive unit. Yeah, they just don't look like it right now. And, And like you said too, the game was not away from them at that point. You still had a chance where they could come back. We've seen they do have the ability to do that, even though we would like to see it more frequently, where they can come back and win games. Where is that camaraderie? Where is that rah-rah? I mean, it sounds simple, but just showing, like, even I going back to the Jordan Walker thing, too, and we didn't get to see the cut of the immediate reaction right. after Wilson Contreras' home run, but that's so disappointing to me that I only see Andrew Kisner, like, really celebrating in the dugout. And it he just got back up to the majors. You should be celebrating him. You should. I have a bird dropping. No. Plop, plop. There you go. CD. Here's where mine starts. This is Katie Wu with Ali Marmol last night. Explain uncharacteristic. As a usually, this is a team that hits their cutoff man, that backs up plays, that doesn't make a lot of errors on the base pass. Yeah, you have two infielders playing outfield. We have a manager here, program manager. His name is Tommy Madden, and he's really great. By the way, belated happy birthday. He turned 50 happy yesterday. Birthday, happy birthday, Tommy. And what Tommy's job is, is ultimately to create ratings, and that is by teaching us and drilling in the fundamentals of radio, staying on the clock, providing compelling content, having us be good. There is a bank right outside. Our door here, U.S. Bank. And I'm sure the manager over there is charged with making sure that the people there know the rules and know the fundamentals of the banking system so that the bank continues to draw new customers and bring people in. My guess is that right across the street at Plaza Jaguar, that there's a manager that has a template for people to do a great job, fundamentally, of selling cars. Even if they've never been a salesperson before, you bring them in, you teach them how to sell cars, hopefully you, you develop a great salesperson. A manager's job is to make people better. And Dick Vermeil always said, his greatest, and Dick Vermeil is the greatest leader I've ever been around, his greatest accomplishment, the thing he was most proud of, Kerry, you know this as a football coach, is to get players to do things that they didn't think they could do. Ali Marmol Your job is not to say, I got two infielders playing the outfield. Your job is to make those players good at what they're doing on that particular day. You know what? Brendan Donovan, throughout the course of his career, there's a reason he's got five gloves in his bag. He's Donnie Baseball. He's played the outfield when he was in junior high or whatever. Tommy Edmond's a pretty good outfielder. Don't complain about Tommy Edmond playing the outfield just because... He's primarily an infielder for you. You know what your job is? Your job as a manager is to make everybody better. So don't complain about it. Live it, learn it, love it. You're a manager. Make your people better. See, that's where we disagree, though. Because I, You don't I, think he should make people better? I do think he should make people better, but there is a cap on how good a person can be. If Brendan Donovan was an outfielder, he would have came up as an outfielder his entire time. At some point during his career, they said, yeah, you're a second baseman or you're an infielder. Because why? Because you're not as good in the outfield Kerry, as you he, are he in the infield. He won the gold glove as a utility player last year. That's a guy that plays every position. How many games did he play in the outfield? 
Well, we can fight. We, we can but find he was fine. But he's not. He's not in everyday outfit, and I, I can tell you that based off of two plays. One, the throw home two days ago, where he didn't, where he didn't, where it was offline, and and a an outfielder makes that throw and gets the makes the makes the play closer. He might not get him out, but he, he makes the play closer to where it's an actual play at the plate. And then the play yesterday, where he's jumping for a ball, he he he's not an everyday outfielder. So so that are, ball are you telling is looking, me? It, it's different. Are you telling me that Jordan Walker is never going to be an everyday outfielder? In the I'm majors? telling you he will be because he's he's there now. He started as a third baseman he did, until last year. Because he has because we know he's not going to play third base here, so he's going to be in the outfield. And they should have moved him earlier than they did, preparing him for that position. This is the, but I can't say that. Every every play happens is different. I, I see coaches do this all the time, and I, and this is. It, it particular to me because I'm fullback. I play fullback. They put tight ends in the backfield. Oh, he's big. He's strong. He can do it. He can't. <laughs> he cannot. It's not the same job, man. Just because he looks like a fullback, just because he moves like a fullback, don't mean he's a fullback. Just because Brendan Donovan has five gloves doesn't make him a great outfielder. It makes him a guy with five gloves. A, a jack-of-all-trade is a master of none. He is a very good player, but he is not an everyday outfielder to the point where we can trust him to make those plays. And this is not a knock on Brendan Donovan. It's also not a knock on Ollie for saying we got infielders in the outfield. That's an upper management call conversation. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, get me some people that can hit and can play in the outfield because I got three of them hurt. I look at a guy, there's a, a, a guy that, let me go to uh, American League Gold Glove winners over the years. There's a guy named Alex Gordon that played left field for the Royals. Came up as a third baseman, first, I think first or second pick in the draft. Came up as a, uh, as a third baseman. They moved him to the outfield. He wound up winning like seven gold gloves as a left fielder. Dale Murphy was a catcher. They moved him to center field. He won multiple gloves playing, gold gloves playing center field. It happens all no, the time. It's, a, all it's the time. an exception to the rule. A-Rod was a hell of a shortstop, and they moved him to third base. Everybody cannot make the transition from a position to another position and have success. A-Rod is a Hall of Famer. He just isn't in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. That Those are different people. When you have a different set of skills, when God blessed you greater than the next man— I know because I wasn't blessed with that. So when you have people moving positions and not having the success, don't be mad at the player or the manager. It's a fault of 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 whomever is not putting the people in that position. Mookie Betts was a shortstop, by the way. He's an okay outfielder, multiple gold glove winning outfielder. Shortstop and second base, Mookie Mookie Betts. Is he going to be a Hall of Famer? Oh, yeah. Yes. That's why. Hall of Famers are different conversations. They, they 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 are different. They're different people. Here here's the thing. I just want to point out too that Ollie's question <laughs> and Katie Wu's question as well was also addressing some of the other fundamentals as well yeah. too. It still does not excuse the infielders in the outfield. Still does not see excuse the base running mistakes that we've seen. We've seen infielders making mistakes. Actual infielders making mistakes too. They yeah. did make a giant mistake by not preparing Jordan Walker soon enough. But here's the thing is that when do the excuses run out? And that's what I was saying earlier in, in regards to if they are going to make a change
manager or not when it comes to manager. When do the excuses run out? Because it will get to a point where the excuses do run out. Dylan Carlson, by the way, with a rehab assignment last night as well. So that will be interesting to see when he comes back, how that changes things as well, too. But it, at this point, it's more than infielders and the outfielders as a problem with this group. And oh, by the way, if Ali was so, so unhappy, he had Oscar Mercado. He could have played an outfielder in the outfield if he wanted to. I forgot about him. Yeah, he's he's there. He's he's an outfielder. You could have played him in the outfield. You got five outfielders, four outfielders that don't play outfield right now on that roster. Find a way to win. I just go back. Final out, 2011 World Series. Alan Craig, <laughs> drafted as a third baseman. Skip Schumacher, drafted as a shortstop. They, they were in the outfield. Alan Craig got the final easy. out of a World Series. They won. Oh, I wish it were that easy. Okay. Uh, but, well, if you teach them how to play it, it, it gets a little bit easier. <laughs> the fight is next, and we need a fighter here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Red. Opening drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. Excuse me. Our fighter today is Steve. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be average Joe listener. All right. Are you ready to take on Megamind? Not entirely ready, but I guess we'll give it a shot. All right. Here we go. Following the merger of the AFL and NFL in 1966, when football started, two teams were created to start play in 1967 and 1968, the Cincinnati Bengals and which future NFC squad? The Seattle Seahawks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or the New Orleans Saints? Um, can you repeat the options? Seattle Seahawks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints. Uh, we'll go with New Orleans. The NBA and ABA's merger talks began in 1970, but weren't completed until 1976, being held up by an antitrust lawsuit headed by which NBA legend? Oscar Robertson, Whit Chamberlain, or Sam Jones? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> we'll go with, um, I don't know, Sam Jones? I, I don't know. No idea. I like your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> Which MLB club is the only one not to have a retired number? The Tampa Bay Rays, the Colorado Rockies, or the Miami Marlins? Um, well, it would have to be a newer team, right? Um, any hints? <laughs> Unfortunately, I gave you all of them. <laughs> oh, God, I have no idea. Uh, the, the Marlins. There's not been a sweep of the Stanley Cup final in the 21st century. Which franchise is the last team to win the cup in a sweep? Is it the New Jersey Devils, Detroit Red Wings, or Colorado Avalanche? The Red Wings. All right, we will double check those scores and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Steve, how you feel? Uh, I, this is a lot harder. Than, like They always say, oh, this is a lot harder when you're actually on it. And uh, wow, you are not kidding. What makes it more difficult? Is it just that uh, you got to get the answers in quickly? 
Um, well, I, I tried to pull, I just pulled over, so uh, I had been driving that whole time, and okay. maybe I was a little focused on the road, I yeah. don't know. That would be there important. You go. Randy, say hello to Steve, he's driving. <laughs> hey, well, Steve. Not now, he's pulled over. Steve, uh, welcome <laughs> to the show, glad you're pulled over, I, I, I kind of wish you would have been distracted. Responsible driving. <laughs> yeah, that's good, I'm proud of you. Good job. Good. All right, Randy, are you ready? I'm ready. Following the merger of the AFL and NFL in 1966, when football began, mm -hmm. two teams were created to start play in 1967 and 1968, the Cincinnati Bengals, and which future NFC squad? I would say that was probably the uh, 68. So the Cincinnati Bengals were one. I'm going to go, I think the Saints were later. I'm going to go with the Falcons. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. The NBA and ABA's merger talks began in 1970, but weren't completed until 1976, being held up by an antitrust lawsuit headed by which NBA legend? Uh, NBA legend, antitrust lawsuit, <coughs> commissioner of the ABA probably. I'll do the uh, lifeline here, Brooke. Oscar Robertson, Whit Chamberlain, or Sam Jones? <laughs> hmm. Uh, I guess I will go with uh, the big O was never really an ABA guy, and Wilt the Stilt was. He was actually the coach of the San Diego Conquistadors. Um, and then the third one was uh, after Wilt and uh, Oscar. Who was the third one? Sam Jones. Sam Jones. Sam Jones. Sad Sam Jones. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with Wilt the Stilt. Why was he so sad? He had like 10 rings. Yeah, I don't know. San Diego conquistadors. <laughs> you said Sam Jones? I went with Wilt the Stilt. You went with Wilt the Stilt. Okay. Yeah. Which MLB club is the only one to not have a retired number? It's not the Yankees. Now you got plenty. Um, let's see. The Diamondbacks have retired 57 for Luis Gonzalez. I think they might have retired 51 also. No retired numbers. Um, I'm thinking it might be a relatively new team. I don't know if the Rays retired 26. So um, Marlins, um, they don't really have a Hall of Famer. Um, Padres have retired numbers. Uh, Rockies have retired 33 for Larry Walker. Um, I don't know if the Marlins retired Jose Fernandez number, but I will go with the Marlins. There has not been a sweep of the Stanley Cup final in the 21st century. Which franchise is the last team to win the cup in a sweep? In a sweep. Um, so this happened obviously uh, before Y2K. Um, let's see. Did Jersey do it? I don't think they did it against Colorado. Um, the Red Wings are always a good play here because they won so much. And I hate them. But they did win a lot. So I will, uh, and did Tampa, Tampa didn't sweep under Tortorella in 04, did they? That was no two thousand. That was a different century. So I will go with the Detroit Red Wings. Final answer. We have a winner in today's fight. Did Mega Mind continue to roll through this week, or was Hump Day 
a little bit of a bump in the road from Megamind. Ring that bell. The winner and new champion of the fight, Average Joe Listener. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Congratulations, Steve. You won the fight today 3-2. to two. I have no idea how that happened. <laughs> well, let's, let's go through the questions and let's figure it all out together. Following the merger of the AFL and the NFL in 1966, two teams were created to start play in 67 and 68. The Cincinnati Bengals were created for to start in 68, and the future NFC squad that was slated to start in 67 was the New Orleans Saints. The Atlanta Falcons started in 66. Um, right before the merger was uh, talked about. The NBA and ABA's merger talks began in 1970 but weren't completed until 1976, being held up by an antitrust lawsuit headed by Oscar Robertson. He was angry that the uh, two leagues weren't going to be vying for players' services anymore, and he was scared that the salaries were going to go down, a big reason that free agency eventually developed in the basketball world. Which MLB club is the only one to not have a retired number? It is, in fact, the Miami Marlins. The uh, Rockies, you are correct, have one number on there to change that number. list and there has not been a sweep of the Stanley Cup final in the 21st century. The Witch franchise is the last team to do it. They are actually the last two teams to do it because back-to-back years in the 96-97 final and the 97-98 final, the Detroit Red Wings with sweeps in those wins. So congratulations, Steve. We will talk to you again tomorrow here on The Fight. Good job, Steve. Good job, Steve. Thanks a lot, Randy. Love you, man. Do you know that young people call uh, 1980 the late 1900s? No, they don't. Yes, they, 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 yeah, they refer to the 90s as that, the too. The 90s and the 80s, the late 1900s. Uh-huh. You're joking. That's what they, that's what they do now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like the sound of no, that whatsoever. Cool. It's not cool. <laughs> Interesting. It's not cool. <laughs> I was not aware of that, but they're, they're not wrong either. I hate you want to feel like an older person. There you go. <laughs> Panger is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Find Darren Pang. Panger is uh, well. Is he on South Beach? Yeah, he's on South Beach. Probably on a golf course somewhere. Vegas to South Beach. He's uh, he's he's, hard to definitely on a golf course, isn't he? (laughs) I would assume he should be. I don't blame him for being on a golf course. I wonder if the and I do think they are, but I I wonder if the Panthers are going to win a game here because they have been drubbed in the first two games of the series. Granted, it was a uh, Vegas team that is really good and was playing at home. But with Bobrovsky and with Kachuk and with the talent that the Panthers have, I don't think that the first two games should have been as one-sided as they were. No, uh, not at all. It's very interesting, too, and this is what I was going to ask Panger about as well, because I know that we had Curbs on Monday, and he kind of mentioned the penalties as well, too. Um, And let me find how many there were. Hold on real quick. Um, even though Vegas came out on top winning 7-2, to there were 148 combined penalty infraction minutes throughout the night, second most in a Stanley Cup final matchup. Which is a great thing. Yeah, it, a, but there, 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 was hockey, some, eh? there was some. There was some that it were is. a little questionable. There's a lot of, I mean, the, it feels like Vegas is taking taking it to Florida and, and, and really getting... Florida, is, it feels like they're playing a different game than they've played. Yeah. They've been cool, calm, collected. Matthew Kachuk has not been, you know, 
overly aggressive in terms of, of wanting to run into people and bang. It just feels like Florida's trying to intimidate Vegas, and Vegas is like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and, and You're not going to bother us yeah, at all. And um, who? somebody was talking about this, how Petro – you know, the, the, he he gets a, a face wash and he just skates away. Barbashev is the guys that have been there before. Mark Stone, Mark Stone took a big hit and just smiled, and, and I think it was from Matthew, and, and just skated away. Yeah, the the Panthers are so so trying to engage the Knights in the way they play, and Vegas will not engage them. They're not budging. No, and and that's going to be I think the difference in the series is that Vegas is just allowing the Panthers to sit in the penalty box all night. Yeah, no, they are. And somebody texted it from the 314, several 10-minute misconducts, several. There there were with some of those, too. I thought that the Jack Eichel hit with Matthew Kachuk, that that was clean. And Jack Eichel even said afterwards that that was clean, too. It's more like he kind of fell into Matthew Kachuk as the hit was happening. Yeah. So I thought that was a pretty clean hit. Now, some people have been calling to question Ivan Barbashev's, but, I mean, it's that's the thing is, is like with Barbie, we talked about him, too, on Tuesday – that's a guy that you really miss. Just the way that he really, you can physically notice him out there on the ice as well, too. He he makes the most of his ice time, and he's been doing that since the Blues. Even when he wasn't getting yeah. that much ice time, he was making the most out of it. And he, Barbashev, not only has had a great postseason in terms of just being Bar- Barbashev, playing the 200-foot game, the, the great forecheck, but he's scored a lot, too. He's made himself a ton of money during the course of this postseason. But when you look at the the, the other night, the one thing that I... And you had the little set, two between Kachuk and Fitzgerald, but it would be nice to see more, especially with a game that's out of hand like that, seven to two, uh, just more legitimate fights. We need we need tough guys in the NHL. Well, I mean, if you're the Vegas Knights, why are you? Do you want to get into that? Oh, I just mean, to you're beat the hell out of somebody. Yeah, seven to two already. Yeah, you're up you, seven to two. Just go ahead and take somebody and, with you. Okay, insult to injury. Just yeah. go ahead and beat the hell out of them. Right. We're beating you on the ice, and we're gonna. I told you we had a rule at Illinois. Was that we weren't gonna lose twice in a day. We might lose Saturday afternoon. We weren't going to lose Saturday night. (laughs) That's a good one. So tomorrow night, by the way, we have the NBA Finals tonight, and then tomorrow night it's game three between the Knights and the the Panthers. And Vegas has outscored Florida uh, 13-2 in the first two games, 6-0 in the opener, 7-2 in the second game. Bobrovsky has not been spectacular, which the Panthers, I I get get Miami Heat and Florida Panthers. Yeah, yeah. So, but the... Florida just needs to settle down a little bit yeah. and, and play their game like they did in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think if they if they can get away from taking the penalties and trying to initiate, I think they just have to play rather than trying to initiate an aggressive game. Yeah, and then also Hill on the other side has been fantastic, fantastic. for Vegas. I just wanted to go back to Barbie real quick because this is something that was kind of pointed out because the big thing too is he's going to get a pretty big payday. What the price will be, I assume it's going to be pretty high because if you have a performance like this during the playoffs, then you're going to get a uh, a pretty big payday. So after scoring only 29 points in 59 games for the Blues this season, and Barbashev put up 16 points in the final 23 regular season games in Vegas. In the playoffs, he's been even better, currently tied for third on the team with 17 points in 19 games. What kind of payday is he going to get for that? I'm saying that he gets $30 million over six years. When Blake Coleman went to Tampa 
and had the great stretch run and the great playoff. He wound up getting 30 over 6 from Calgary a couple of years ago. I think Barbie and Coleman are very similar. Coleman, early on in his career, had a 22-goal season. Obviously, Barbie had the 26-goal season the year before last. But Coleman was basically a, a, a 30, 33, 35-point guy, has a good playoff, and winds up getting the big contract. And because of the 200-foot game, if there's a team that's a good team that needs that sort of energy and Barbashev can be the final piece of the puzzle, I, I would think that he'll get that. And he's only 27. I would think that he'll get six years and 30 million or more. Yeah, I, I can see that as well. I, you just hate it as a as a Blues fan because it seems like that door is definitely closed with Barbashev returning to St. Louis, at least for now. He was gone before this, by midseason, he had sold his house. He yeah. knew that he wasn't going to be here. And that's just part and parcel of dealing in a salary cap era. But we talked about this yesterday, guys. When you're the Blues, and that fourth line in 19 was Sunquist, Barbashev, Steen, and then you add Jaden Schwartz to that gr- group. People that played a hard 200-foot game that could score and defend and be physical— the Blues don't have any guys like that anymore, and that's one of the things they're going to have to restore with younger players. I hope Jake Dabers can wind, uh, wind up being a player like that, that you can play on all four lines, yeah. can play a physical game, get up and down the ice, but they need more of those kind of guys. I think Nadub is kind of a poor Nadub. man's one of those guys. I like Nadub, but I don't think that he's a guy that you have on a Stanley Cup championship team that does that. I was going to go back to the uh, to the final. Do you think that Bobrovsky, with the way that he's played, he's given up five goals first game, gave up, I think, three, of, three, or, three or four of the seven on uh, a couple of nights ago. Do you think he's going to continue to <laughs> be trotted well, out there or, or are they going to be... Spencer Knight was a first-round draft choice that they took with the idea that he would be their guy and then they signed Bobrovsky because they were desperate to win now. Mm-hmm. But I would not be at all surprised if... Yeah, short leash. Yeah, if they gave the three. opportunity to... Or start him in a game. Gotcha. You know, like Spencer yeah. Knight. Remember in 16 when Elliott was so good for the Blues and then all of a sudden... It's Jake Allen for the last couple of games. I would not because Spencer Knight's good. I would not be at all surprised if they would plug in uh, Spencer Knight. You have to go with a hot hand too, because even it was uh, with Jordan Bennington and Billy Huso. Remember with that, because Billy Huso was starting to do really well and took over kind of that number one role during the regular season, and then when playoffs came around, he kind of fell, I guess, crumbled in the spotlight, and they went back to Jordan Bennington, and Jordan Bennington shined in the spotlight during the playoffs, and then that kind of catapulted Jordan Bennington getting back on track, too. Sometimes you have to make that change if it's not working out, especially giving those guys in front of him, I guess, more confidence, too. You're our goalie until you're not. (laughs) Yes. The NHL is very good about that. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, We have a cool thing coming up, and thanks to everyone who helped out in selling out this year's Big League Impact Swing for Impact event with Adam Wainwright Sunday evening at Top Golf. We're going to be there, and we're looking forward to that. Thanks to Scott Lee Heating Company for helping sponsor this year's event. Even though Swing for Impact is sold out, there's still many upcoming opportunities to help support Big League Impact, including the Cardinals London Watch Party happening Saturday, June 24th at Patios, hosted by us from the opening drive. Find out more about about the Cardinals' London watch party at Patios at 101ESPN.com. We're going to talk to Adam Wayne right coming up at the bottom of the next hour. But right now, we've got our rush hour reset. If you've got a mic drop on what you think of the Cardinals right now, we'd like to hear from you on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. 
It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. It is 9.03 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Ribsley and Kerry Davis and Matthew Rocchio. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. Uh, a guy I really like, a guy I do a lot of charity events with, who's really uh, a good guy for St. Louis County, and I live in St. Louis County, is Wesley Bell, the, the prosecutor of uh, St. Louis County. And he announced today that he's running for U.S. Senate. And so good luck to Wesley Bell in his aspirations. I'm a fan. Look. And uh, yeah, we wish him luck. Big sports fan who listens to the show every day. He is. Uh, yeah, I've met him several times and Wesley cares a lot not to get too political mm-hmm. but he does care a lot about the growth of St. Louis and he sees sports as a big part of that which I agree with yeah I'm, I'm with you 100% okay uh, we've got our rush hour reset and during the rush hour reset here we're going to get to several mic drops let's start with Janet who's probably beside herself I would think with uh, the, <laughs> she's such a, an intense Cardinal fan and we love her and here is Janet on 101 ESPN Lance was doing fine and he was a starting pitcher. He could go more than one inning. I don't understand why they yanked him out of there. That's part of the problem. They're too yank happy. They don't let a pitcher pitch long enough. This is 100% true. She's right. Well, you know. I like yank happy as, yank as a description. I, I want to use that from now on. <laughs> and this isn't Matt's. And you know what? It's it's fair to question Stephen Matt's. He, he'd gone an inning and a third. He'd throw 19 pitches. Yes, he is stretched out. And you brought Stratton in. And, and Stratton didn't allow any runs, so yeah. you were okay. I thought, yeah. I and it, it was uh, a right-handed hitter coming up. So it, I, I'm okay with that move. But big picture, I hate the idea that you don't have the confidence in your pitchers, your starting pitchers, to allow them to try to navigate a lineup a third time through. Confidence yes. is is earned, though. Like the the trust is earned. I they think, don't give these guys think, a chance. Well, I think Miles Michaelis has earned it. I mean, he went eight innings in his mm-hmm. last start. Um, Jordan Montgomery has gone in the past. We've seen him gone go six, seven, eight innings. It's just earning that trust and and knowing that. I'm going to get the job done despite what the analytics tell me. And, and that comes with time, understanding that your pitcher is going to be able to hit these spots and not have, you know, leave balls hanging over the plate. I am going to play devil's advocate okay. and just say, Jose Quintana. Or, I, I, maybe he didn't earn the trust because he <laughs> yeah. should have been. He, he, he should have stayed in. He earned my trust that day. My <laughs> eyes told me a different story. I just I think, and I think too, we, we pointed out as well that that's like a trend right now that yeah, we're seeing in Major bad. League Baseball where they're not letting pitchers go deeper into games. But, you know, Mats has looked a lot more confident coming out of the bullpen, honestly. And I don't know what that's going to mean for the future. It seems like they have said that they are going to give Matthew Libertor kind of a good little run to evaluate him. And so you wonder. It's probably another start the way they're going. I, um. I, you never know. They say one thing, so yeah, you, I do. wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Also, I pointed this out to you guys off the air yesterday. For the entire Cardinals starting staff as a group, they are actually the opposite of baseball. The rest of baseball does get worse the more hitters see them. The Cardinals pitchers are worst the first time a pitcher a, a hitter mm-hmm. sees them, then they get better the second time and even better the third time. It's a weird staff, and they're kind of the opposite. And by the way, the Cardinals, mm-hmm. to their credit, they do allow 
their starting pitchers to go more innings than pretty much everybody else. The Cardinal starters have, as of, I think, yesterday, they led Major League Baseball, or at least the National League, in starting pitchers' innings pitched. All right, uh, Brooke, you want to talk about some of the things Mo had to say yesterday on the Valley pregame show. Yeah, so it was very interesting. Uh, we heard from John Mozeliak yesterday. Alexa Dat was talking to him, and they talked about the struggles. They talked about different things like that. But what is the Cardinals' biggest weakness right now? Boy, if I had to say one thing, it's the inconsistency of the club, right? Like, I, I don't want to say it's, oh, starting pitching, or it's the bullpen, or it's our lineup. It's it's on any given night something happens. And, and so when you look at, at when you're winning, you tend to be very consistent. And a lot of times people talk about, like, ah, oh, the Cardinal way or, or, you know, doing the little things right. Right now, we're not doing the little things right on a consistent level. And until we do that, we're not going to win games. Now, we're not far off, but we got to get there. It, yeah, I, I'm glad that he's seeing what a lot of us are seeing right now. The little things are not going well for the Cardinals. So even, you know, when I mentioned earlier with our bird droppings, as we renamed mm-hmm. it, the reliance <laughs> on the home run, that's that's one little thing that you can point out. There's so many different things that you can point out with this group that are not going well. And even Ollie said after the game, the ability that they have, they don't have the ability right now to just string things together. If it's one night, it's pitching you know, the hitting's not doing well or vice versa. Things are not working out. So what what is the solution, John Mosaic, to these problems? If, if the answer's outside, then we're in trouble because you're not going to really be able to do much for at least another month with, with regard to the trading deadline. And so for us to really get back to, to our winning ways has to start from within. So maybe the short answer is get healthy and start winning games. I, I would say like each other. Yeah. Start there. It's <laughs> a good start. Good team trip. Get to know each other. Become uh, good teammates. Again, you don't you don't have to. And when I say like each other, I'm not talking off the field. I don't. You, you don't have to speak to them if, if that's you. The, if you all just don't mesh. But when you're on the field, it's work. It's business. It is a job. And if everyone is not pulling the rope in the same direction, you will not win. And when you don't, when you let some of those outside factors carry on to the field it just it, it doesn't work i i it's hard to find a team that can have success when you have different cliques and different people that are not all together and i again i don't know that to be 100% correct but just based off of body language and watching things paying attention it, it really feels that way to me. And this might be just like a little bit of kind of recency bias on my part, but I just think back, I think back a lot, especially during this run too, of the 2019 Blues and that run, the Stanley Cup run, you know, being there from the beginning of that season, covering that when they were absolutely terrible, the body language was ter- was terrible. The guys were not coming together. Mike Yo was, you know, the head coach. And then you have a coach change with Craig Berube taking over. The immediate shift in that locker room and you see those guys and how talented they were. I'm telling you, seeing that day in and day out of what that locker room looked like and how they were able to come together, how Craig Berube was able to have a feel of what those guys needed and how to get the best out of them in that moment. Mm -hmm. It was an incredible thing just to witness that entire run. And look, there was a lot of different personalities in that room. There was a lot of different personalities in that room. You also had some glue guys and like Patrick Maroon. He did a great job of bringing the younger guys, the veterans together too. But just seeing how much of a shift that can happen when you know that you have like a talented group, but they're just not getting maximized the most 
Yeah. I, it was very incredible to witness that. And Baruby had the cachet and the personality to be able to go to players, one of whom had asked for a trade and say, look, we can win here, but you have to do things my way. Just trust me. And if you do things my way, then we will win. But you have to leave your ego at the door. There were multiple players that had that told to them. And all of a sudden, they did leave their ego at the door. They started playing for each other, and the team turned things around. Yeah, yeah. The the ego is a big thing. The finding a way to just come together as a group, because right now it just feels like it. there's excuses, there's blame games, there's yeah. blame being thrown around. And when that starts happening in any environment, whether it's work or, you know, even, you know, whatever team it is, football, baseball, whatever it is, if there's easily... <laughs> people are making excuses and blames being thrown around blame and shame, then everybody's making excuses for even their poor play and not doing the best that they can. Who's my favorite team, Randy? Basketball team. Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors had an off-season incident where one player punched another player. And and there were, that kind of lingered the entire season. Uh, before they played the uh, Sacramento Kings Game 7, Steph Curry told the team, if you don't want to get on, don't get on this bus if you're not going to check your ego at the door. Do not get on the bus. And he was talking to certain players specifically. But they had an issue the entire season. That was a team that probably could have won a championship, but because of those internal issues that started in training camp for them, just kind of lingered throughout the season. They played well enough. They had enough stars to make it to where they made it, but couldn't win the championship. When you have internal issues on a team, whether it's somebody punching somebody in the face, somebody arguing in the locker room, in the clubhouse, if you have guys that are not all on the same page, you will have trouble winning games. Well, it's kind of like, too, you remember during, we, we talked to Mike Matheny, but remember when things got very tumultuous in the clubhouse during towards the end of the Mike Matheny era mm-hmm. with Bud Norris, Jordan, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Hicks yep. yes, and how that, and how it was handled so publicly. I, it, it almost, it, when you have the bad things like that starting to happen where guys are not coming together and there's a clear separation and with people not being on the same page, that is what's going to translate to the field and the and the wins, the losses, all that stuff. That's today's Rush Hour Reset on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up, rock and roll, Adam Wainwright. Wednesdays with Wayno at the bottom of the hour here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. ESPN, Matthew Rockio, what do you got for us? Well, Brooke uh, mentioned it, and it it is it looks like it's final. Lionel Messi is coming stateside. Oh, oh yeah, to the yeah. Yeah. Last week. yeah, here we go. SC. Oh, no, no, not to City SC, not to City SC. What? No, he's coming to Inter Miami. Oh my god! Oh. What an idiot! Doesn't he want to win? Well, right. like, well he, 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 he turned down he turned down, a, he turned down a billion dollar deal <laughs> to play in uh, Saudi Arabia. What a novel concept! And he's going to take a little bit less money, but. I'm not going to take that much less money because here are some of the deals that are already coming out about what is quote unquote an unprecedented deal. And by the way, the last time I I heard you, if you see verbiage like this and rhetoric like this around 
Lionel Messi. It looks very similar to the David Beckham deal when he came to the MLS so many years ago because there's a, a bunch of financial concessions and there's new rules. Here's the big uh, uh, new rule. Can I make this quick point? Go for it. Inter-Miami and St. Louis City SC right next to each other in the standings because Inter-Miami is last in the East and St. Louis City SC is first in the West. Oh, so oh. they list it like the yeah. East is above the West? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. I like that. Good job, right? Okay. Um, by the um, But here's the, th- here's the thing. He is reportedly set to earn a share of Apple's generated revenue from the MLS season pass, and he's wow. going to be given a share of all Adidas profits that results from his arrival. Now, I'm not sure Ooh. how they determine whether or not the profit is directly a result from his arrival, but nonetheless, is part of the deal here to get him to enter Miami is a chunk of the MLS's <laughs> money. And this is what's kind of more than like four or five hundred bucks. I really, I, I did. And this is why this is the fascinating thing about the MLS because it's are the teams aren't you know you pay an expansion fee, but now you have other teams that are going to get direct money from the MLS's deal to make a player deal happen because it, obviously for the good of the MLS this is a good deal. But it is kind of odd that a player's deal for another team is kind of getting money from all these other revenue yeah. streams going into the league because it, you know, rising tide raises all boats. But again, seven fifteen, July fifteenth, your St. Louis City SC, you're facing off against Inter Miami. Maybe Messi's in the lineup there, and you're like, okay, so some of the money that the league got is now going to help us get our butts kicked by the best player ever. Okay, that sounds fun. But anyway, it's a good thing for the MLS, and there's a small, I will call it a minute. Maybe even diminutive chance. Oh, what's that? Uh, it's a diminutive chance. Is that, is that uh, like six two and up? No, this one's gonna be like six percent or up. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> that he actually does play against St. Louis City on July fifteenth, just because I I'd be shocked if he's actually in a jersey, yeah, playing in a games kit. with it in a, in a kit, kit. Excuse me, playing games in just over a month. I think it's gonna take a little bit longer. Yeah, than that. the, that's what a lot of the reports have been saying is that he definitely won't be ready by that moment. But it'd be great. Doesn't he want to come to St. Louis and and see? Experience this. Be, you know what? Then he'll be upset it? that he didn't sign. And it. then maybe, yeah, exactly. And, and that was my whole point is, and then maybe he'd be Shame like, you know him. what? Maybe I should just stay here. That'd be good. You know, yeah, we can make a trade. There you go. Uh, yeah. Has he ever had toasted ravioli? See, there you go. How old is he? He'll get to see the Lionel ravioli. Messi is yeah. 36. Does he have kids? Yes. Free zoo. <laughs> I knew that that was coming. Yep. Lionel? <laughs> Lionel? Uh, he, he's, he, he will turn uh, he'll turn 36 on June 24th. Okay. So take the kids to the free zoo. Maybe take a little trek out to Six Flags. Uh-huh. I haven't even been to Six Flags you yet. You have to get really? to Six Flags. Here's, here's here's no, is that, that like a requirement? Yeah, it's like a St. Louis thing. I don't yeah. like I, I don't like rides. I don't, I, I don't, I don't like rides. Have you been on the uh, Have you been up in the arch? No, I hate yeah. heights. Uh, all that kind of stuff. One I time, avoid that stuff. At uh, Six Flags, they, I think it's gone now. They had a ride called Tom's Twister, which was uh, a, it was like a circular <laughs> thing, and you put your back against the. Cir- it was a circular oh, yeah, room, yeah, 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 and it, yeah. it's fun, super fast, uh, yeah, and then no, the, cool. with the centrifugal force. Your back was against oh, the wall, yeah. and then the floor fell out. Yeah, no. Yeah. And Randy, it, it spun me. That's the only ride I ever threw up because of it. it was, I, I looked like Matthew at the Home Run Derby. I, I, I get out of that sucker, and I am... You had no chance. No. Did you throw up? Yeah. I heard he, you a couple of times. He left it all on the yeah. field. That's why Randy why? said he left it all you, on the field. You, no, uh, I was... Uh, it was, you know... Was, was it nerves? It was, no, no, it was... I mean, I'm sure it was a little bit nervous, but also, I mean, it was three minutes. You're, you're going heavy. It was hot out. So I was trying to catch my breath because I was, I was a little bit out of breath. <laughs> oh. And the problem is I've been dealing with, like, a cough for the last month. Yes. And so as I went to get a big air, air of breath, I started coughing, right and there was a bubble right there, Carrie, that was created <laughs> from you, that. And, you, and I had 0% chance of surviving that moment. Somebody, I was ha- done. somebody had I some mac and done. cheese for their pregame. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a little 
little cannelloni the night before. It's Sugo's. Thank right. you very much. Yeah, text in, by the way, 314-399-9646 if Tom Swister at Six Flags made you throw up. That I is was trying to think if they changed the name. I think that was gone by the time I was up. fun for me. I mean, everyone has their things. I'm, I'm with you, Brooke. I do not enjoy or fancy rides. Like, no. There's nothing thrilling to me. paying like, for that? Yeah. Going oh, outside. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. And I, I've watched like too many, like I, I like true crime stuff, which I guess it's not necessarily a crime. Well, yeah, <laughs> but where there's been so many like uh, incidents yeah, that have no, happened I'm with okay. rides and at parks and, and all that <laughs> stuff. And so final that's enough for me. The Final Destination movies are not documentaries, Brooke. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that happens sometimes. I'm um, just saying. One uh, little point about Messi. Uh, great at scoring goals. Obviously, incredible soccer player. Needs to get a little bit better about paying his taxes. Mm. Uh, we, what about we, a 200 foot game? We don't mess with that here in the United no, States. We, uh, we, 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 we would like send it him to jail. Uh, the Spain threatened you a couple times. Well, just, just say he's being audited. But again, he was, ah, a, he was a guy uh, there. I'm under audit. I can't do anything about anything until the audit is over. That's a very good point. Randy. Use the law to your advantage. So Fe- FedEx Brian just texted in, Randy, didn't they get rid of Tom's Twister because someone got caught at the bottom of the floor? I'm pretty happened. sure that, 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 that happened there. Yeah. You, this I, I is exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. You are not going to yes. put me into one of those little death traps. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> Somebody's just um, not happening. I immediately threw up as soon as I got off it. Never wrote it again. That was in 1972. So, uh, yes, here's somebody. I was fine on Tom Twister as long as I didn't look up, which is another thing that I evidently did. Uh, (laughs) The Highland Fling had that effect at Six Flags. Lost the the pink push pop. (laughs) Highland Fling was not as bad. This is crazy. This this, Wiki says the Tom Twister was open through 2005. I was old enough to be going to Six Flags in the early 2000s. I do not remember that being a thing that was still there in the early 2000s. And somebody said, I'm 26, and I love Tom's Twister. I seriously question whether or not you were tall enough to go on Tom's Twister when you were Oh, no, Tom's Twister was a circular room. It was Anybody could go on it. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, gosh. I'm good. Yeah. So I just don't remember going, I remember going to, like, I mean, I remember being, like, 2004. Like, that was the ninja, Screaming Eagle, Batman. The boss was new then. I don't what remember the, this uh, one the, being what's there. What's the, the black roller coaster that you do have to? The Batman. No, the, the small one, the kids one. Ninja. Okay. No, the one that goes upside down. The, the, the first. No, the no. This is like the, this is the, 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 the tunnel. What is it? The yeah. mine train. Mine yeah, the mine, mine train. That's yeah, mine it. Train. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So yeah. Uh, here's one from the three one four. Tom Swister is the only ride that made me throw up. That's just like me. As a matter of fact, it ruined my whole day as I had a headache and couldn't <laughs> recover. And because it, it was St. Louis, it was ninety eight degrees or one hundred and two degrees. Same thing for me. You think there was? I mean, we learned obviously. Merry go rounds used to be danger dangerous at at playgrounds you know you spin around on that thing yeah, yeah. And we used to jump off I don't know but you know we, just the thing we some did the kids did yeah, yeah. We, we just jumped off but you think some of those things cause like brain issues and they oh, learn yes. <laughs> no doubt that we have some CTE there yeah. oh, the, screaming, the screaming eagle I mean your your head was was that thing was always bo- yeah. broke like that Wooden. thing I mean, it was like having a loose helmet and getting and yeah. playing and playing pancake and football. It wasn't uh, going well for your for your brain. Eighties were a great time. One last quick thing before we uh, head off to Wednesdays with Wayno. Denver Nuggets and Miami Heat in Game Three tonight. I'm looking at the FanDuel Sportsbook, and Miami is not the favorite even in Game Three here at home. Plus one twenty two. The Nuggets minus one forty four. Uh, the spread right now. Nuggets minus two and a half. Kerry Davis, who are you taking in Game Three? Um, I want to take Miami. And go bet it! I, well, I, I don't have time to get across the, the, the river, 
But uh, I would take Miami. I think Miami figures some things out. And I told you, Rock, if you limit Jamal Murray, everyone thinks that Jokic is the one you got to stop. You cannot stop him. No. There is no one that can stop him. He's going to score, and when he scores, that's fine. Stopping him from assisting, allowing other people to get involved into the game, that's what stops the Denver Nuggets. So if they can limit Jamal Murray to under 22 points, the Miami Heat will win. If not, they're going to lose. I, I've taken on the Miami Heat because I was the only one that was predicting yep. them to go on and win this. So I, I've taken them on my man, as you called him, Celery, yeah, Bam Adebayo. 21 points, Jimmy Ballgame. Or not Jimmy, Jimmy Ballgame, Jimmy, Jimmy Buckets. Buckets. Sorry, Jimmy I'm getting Buckets. used to saying Jimmy Ballgame. Jimmy Buckets <laughs> also with 21 points. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm feeling pretty good about it right now. By the way, one more uh, Tom Swister. This is from the 636 because I had forgotten about this. I'm 26 and I remember riding Tom Swister and saw someone Spider-Man crawl on the walls. <laughs> You know, people what? would do that. Yeah, they'd move up the wall. Are you serious? Yeah, because and the centrifugal yes. force was keeping them against it. Yeah, it's the craziest so thing I ever saw. So were you facing it or was your back no, on your it? back was to it, but then you could yeah. just climb across. I mean, people, oh, no. yes, there is, there's had, something wrong with people like that, They right? had a smaller version of that one at Parish Picnics in the 90s. Wow. I, I, just, awesome. I just never remembered it being at Six Flags. Somebody said it was always out of order, and I feel like I I'm understand good. why. Enough of this frivolity and entertainment. Adam Wainwright's going to join us next here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Wednesdays with Wayno on the Opening Drive. We're talking life, baseball, and what's happening at Big League Impact with Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright. Wednesdays with Wayno is presented by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite contractor. From Big League Impact this weekend on Sunday night, we're going to be over at Top Golf for Swing for Impact. That's one of the initiatives that Adam Wainwright and the folks at Big League Impact have put forth over the course of the last couple of years. It's always great to be with Adam and a lot of his teammates. And they have another big event coming up. It's going to be the Watch Party, the London Watch Party, coming up on the 24th. And you can learn more by going to bigleagueimpact.org and watch the Cardinals play the Cubs on the 24th, 24th of this month at Patty O's. Just learn more at BigLeagueImpact.org. And by the way, we'll be there. We'll be the MCs for that event. How uh, excited are you about that that London trip? I mean, I, we're I not gonna be going. No. Unfortunately, we're not going. Tommy. Okay, well, we want I'm here. not that excited. Then. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> do, we, do we have some, like, tea and crumpets to have at have. the watch party? We should. Yeah. And, and one of those, uh, what are they called? The people that have those hats and the red jackets, the English the guard. Can we get one? I, I'll wear one and stand there. Okay. Just be, stand just there the, the whole entire time. show. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay, we, we just do a lot of things. stand there. The I wonder whole if time. someone touches me, I do hit back. I know they don't hit back, do no, they? No, they do. They oh, actually, do they? if you kind of get don't in the you, way, they butt, they, yeah. so when they do, when they're like marching stuff, if yeah. you get in the way, cool. they will just literally like march right over you. So I I like that. I like that a lot. So you have the right to do that. If somebody's okay. in the way, in you my just, space, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. 
And there's still some games. The Cardinals have that final game in Texas today, taking on the Rangers. And then after that, this weekend. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay. And, and then uh, after that, the Cardinals will play the Giants here at home. They go to New York. They go to Washington and then move on to Chicago to take on the Cubs the 24th and 25th in London. I, and we should have, uh, we should get this set up so that at the very least we can have fish and chips in London. Wouldn't that be fun? Ooh, in, I in, love fish and chips. Too. Yeah. Be, well, in London, be yeah. Be better. In London. Yeah, but Is maybe it too late? we have them at patios. You think it's too late? Yeah, probably too okay. late. I, just, I mean, it, it's only too late. The answer is always no if you don't ask. Well, so <laughs> there, there, you have to yeah. ask in order to be told no. There may be some Cardinal fans that were planning on making the trip mm-hmm. that now might change things. If you got tickets, let us know. I don't know. I, I mean, you at least go experience. I wonder, I would love to see, I wonder if there's any video out there of how they're kind of promoting and selling this overseas. How do you think that they are promoting and selling this? I wonder how the response will be. When the Yankees and Red Sox played last year, they had a ton of people. Both games were sold out. So I would think that they'll, just because it's American sports, I think they'll have a pretty substantial amount of fans there. All right, Randy, I got a question for you. You you, you are a realist. You have seen a lot of baseball Mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. Realistically, where do the Cardinals... this Cardinal, this version, no help coming in, nobody coming to save them. They're out there. They got to, they got to swim back to their safety. No one's coming to save them. Where does this team, the way that they stand, end up? They would have to play really good ball to get to 500. Do they have that in them? I think from a talent standpoint, they do. They, if they played 560 ball for the rest of the year, yeah, I think that they they what? could. But here's the thing. What the hell is physically, the problem? Physically, they have the ability. But I, you're talking about the connectivity of the group. We're talking about their fundamental play, the fact that they're giving things away, the fact that they have to play infielders in the outfield. I think they're – and the, the starting pitching has been up and down. And that's the thing. You need to have consistent starting pitching if you're going to be able to go on a run. And that's going to be the biggest thing for the Cardinals. If they get consistent starting pitching, I think that they're capable of going on a run. But I, I think now, what? Are, how many games are are they? Eight or nine out right now? Uh, uh, eight, I, I think eight it's and a half, wasn't it? Yeah, very no. difficult to overcome. Yeah, an eight and a half game deficit in the division. Yeah. You, you just yeah. hope that they can find a way to get back on track because I think, I, I'm sure people are tired of hearing it too, but this is a very talented group. I mean, you have Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, you have a lot of these names that you know that they can do this. We've seen them do it in the past. It's just not coming together just yet. Cardinal right-hander Adam Wainwright joins us now from Texas, where the Cardinals will wrap up their three-game series with the Rangers tonight. Adam, always good to have you with us. How are you doing this morning? I am about seven over through eight holes, so I'm not doing so hot. Oh man! Oh uh, no! I, I, I've had those days. I've had those days. I had but, a quad. Uh, I had a quad and a triple back to back holes. So oh. really hard to come back from that. Do you? Uh, you seem to avoid the disaster holes too, right? That's the big thing for me. I I always wind up having a disaster hole that hurts me. Are you able to pretty much of? It's kind of like pitching. Are you able to avoid disaster holes in golf generally? I am much better at avoiding disaster holes pitching than I am in golf. I, I, uh, I avoid rounds without a disaster hole. How about that? I, 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 I'll play 17 really good holes in one disaster hole and just ruin the hole, you know, ruin the, ruin the round. But um, there's always potential for a great round, and then there's always that one hole that 
makes you barf all over yourself. Absolutely. Welcome welcome to my world because I'm the exact same way. I got to ask you this because you are, number one, you're, as I've mentioned, and I really appreciate the fact that you are relentlessly optimistic, but you also have to compartmentalize with what is going on around your ball club. Are you able to put it out of your mind on a day like this where you're on a golf course? Well, I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that go, stick to baseball. What are you doing? Y'all are losing. You know, but, but you just can't. I mean, you gotta, you got to find a way to leave the baseball at the field sometimes or you'll drive yourself crazy. You know, you just will. Hold on. Let, let me hit this uh, little pitch shot. Okay. okay I wanna, <laughs> who, who, who are you playing with? Who's out there with you? Uh, Miles Michaelis and my old pitching coach, Mad Dog. Oh, oh nice. Beautiful. It sounds. How's up, doggy? <laughs> it gets some. Uh, this is good. This is really good. And it's oh, we heard it. So when the Cardinals oh. were playing, in the hole, in the hole. get in there. It is in. Really? <laughs> Did you drop it in? I uh, had to pitch from under a tree. Hit it fat. Hit the tree. In the sand. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yep. So you guys That's are in the cool. two thousand. Uh, 2019 NLCS and Mad Dog plays around where he has two holes in one in one round, right? Yeah, he's and he's. I told him today. I said, "Hey, there's no pressure. I've never seen a hole in one, you know, from the hole in one guy, especially." He said, "I've only made ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Wait, no, you could have lied to us and just said that it, it, you got a hole in one, you know, because we can't see it. But um, I wanted to ask you, after the game on Sunday, you were asked about how this team feels about being in last pa- uh, last place. You offered the word concern. The word that was offered was concern as an option. And you said piss would be a better word to describe it. Can you kind of elaborate on that description? Is that still the feeling amongst the clubhouse right now? And if everyone's pissed, what is the resolution moving forward? Nope, nope. we lost, oh, lost him. He's, he's better. Hang up on us. He's he's on the golf course. So we'll. Uh, oh, we, we got you back. I'm, I'm, there we there you are. I'm back. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I went to I went to uh, grab the phone and take her off uh, speakerphone and I. Okay. Turned it off. Sorry. No problem. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's okay. I'll, I'll ask it again. So after the game on Sunday, Wayno, you were asked about how the team feels about being in last place. You were offered the word concerned as an option, but you said pissed would be a better word to describe it. Can you just elaborate on that description? And is that still the feeling amongst the clubhouse right now? If everyone's pissed, what is the resolution moving forward? Well, I think honestly, I think what the, what the honest take would be, because that's what you want, right? You don't want me lying to you. No. Correct. I don't think anybody knows how to act. Honestly, we uh, we know we we're underachieving. We know we're playing better than we than we than we should be. We're playing worse than we should be playing. We know that every day we're finding a way to lose a game that you know we probably could have won. And everybody's ultra frustrated and everybody's ultra confused. And I think that goes from the top down you know it's like we just don't have we've never we don't do this let's the, the whole time i've been here for 18 years we've never been 12 under you know this point of the season especially we've never been playing in a situation where and not that informing miles we never we've never been in a situation like this so it's very atypical for us it's it's not something we have a lot of 
with, honestly. You know, I'm trying to find the right words, but you see, this is this is how to answer that question with with complete, you know, bewilderment of of the situation because uh, no one saw this coming. Um, you know, it's just uh, what can you say? You know, other than just go out and play, stop talking, and just go out and play and perform. What else can you say? Well, you just said it, and, and Mo said it earlier. Uh, it feels like the issues are not in one particular spot, but, you know, each game it's something else happening. How do you all just, as you said, just go out and play and not worry about what happened the day before and just continue to move forward? Is there well, one thing that you can do? Well, that's my message to the guys right now is is we can't let what's happened in the past dictate the daily experience. So, you know, we got a runner on the third, less than two outs. We can't say, well, we've just struggled so bad at getting that run home. Uh, because then you, you know, put that extra pressure on yourself. The hardest part is not doing that. So that that's the, the daily grind right now is, is, is staying in the moment, starting fresh. You know, we're starting fresh every day right now, which is, which is frustrating. But, um, look, the, the fans' um, frustration is – is at least matched by ours, you know. I'll tell you that. I know, I know they don't like bad baseball, and we don't like playing bad baseball in front of them. So, all we can do is try to go out and rectify and and, and play better baseball. And and you know, we get on a run, play a couple of good weeks of baseball, then get close to. I'd like to see us get back close to 500, you know, around the All Star break. That would be cool just to play really good ball leading up to that stretch. But we've got a gauntlet of a calendar coming up here. You know. We, we, we have a, a long road trip. We go to London. We come home for the Astros, play the Yankees. We play, you know, it's not going to be easy. So, I mean, you know, that'll tell us what we're made of. You know, either either we either we come out of there a team with renewed confidence, playing a tough schedule, playing tough teams, and finding ways to win games, or we come out of there with our tail tucked between our legs and, and everybody gets traded and bad stuff happens. So that's not what we want. We want to we want to go out there and perform and win for this great city. Adam, are you coming up on a driver hole or a par three here? Yeah, drive. Okay, uh, we we would like to hear your the the whoosh and the the click of your club hitting the ball when you when you swing. Okay, so you just right, first you got to hear first you got to hear Miles's. Okay, Miles hits it well, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Miles hits it. Miles hits it well, except for here he pushes it out of bounds. Okay, <laughs> okay, that happens on that. I, I I do that. So uh, I'll ask you the question after you go up and hit. All right, here he is. Miles? Miles Michaelis, you there? Oh, I think he's, yeah. just, oh. he's trying to hit Randy Hush. Sorry, okay, okay, here we go. <laughs> Sorry. I told you he was about to hit. I said, hey, hold on. Okay, my bad, my bad. Talking in the back string the whole time. <laughs> which, worked perfect, which worked perfectly to play, Randy. Way to go. Randy <laughs> <laughs> Quaid? The great... Uh, Mike Maddox says hello too. Hey, hey man, dog. Hello. All right, all right. Y'all be patient here. Okay, Randy, we're patient. just lips for a couple seconds here, all right? <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm, I'm quiet. I'm a broadcaster, man. <laughs> here we go. Adam Wainwright at the tee. Randy. Yeah, I'm here. Dip it. Let's <laughs> 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 go. Good Lord, I said be quiet, and the whole time you're narrating the thing. I was, I was doing my golf voice. I figured you're in his ear. Oh, uh, oh, oh I, I'm sorry. 
I didn't know that. Got okay, on, my bad. I got it on speakerphone, you knucklehead. You're, you're like Jim Edmonds with Chip Carey last night. Oh, how'd you hit it? Was it okay? No, I hit it terrible. I had somebody talking in my back swing the whole time. Oh, my fault. I apologize. Okay. So, well, at least you can blame me for that one. I mean, you know, how many times do you got to tell you? All right. All right. What else do you want to talk about? Because Randy wants to talk, so let him talk. So uh, here, here's my question. Because one, and I know you, you're you a big sports fan, but you are in a clubhouse every day, so you can answer this question better than I. We have the debate. Does chemistry breed success or does success breed chemistry? Does the chemistry in this clubhouse lead you to believe that there can be success? Well, I'll tell you, we have great chemistry in our clubhouse. And usually, um, usually, you know, the teams, like, you look at what Tampa's doing right now. Tampa has the most mojo of any team going around. They've got a couple of good pitchers. They've got a couple of really good hitters. But they, more than anything, they have complete, we have, they have complete belief in what they're doing. And they trust each other and they pass the baton and, that's what our great teams over the years have had. That's what those Dodger teams through the years have had. You know, they had that, that belief in one another to get the job done. And, and if they didn't do it, then the next guy behind them was going to do it. Um, so, to, to answer your question, I think it's both. I think, Andrew, I think, I think if you have great chemistry, uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, you're going to find success with those guys because they believe in each other and, and uh, they pick each other up. Uh, but certainly uh, good play brings even more chemistry. There's no doubt about that. Bueno, I just wanted to ask you real quick, too. Albert Pujols, starting his broadcasting career, did, did you give him any advice about that? And what did you think of how he did? Yeah, I did. And, you know, he's like me. He's a storyteller. So I just said, hey, two outs, maybe even one out for you. Don't start stories. You know, you got to start those things at the beginning of an inning if you start talking. Because once you go to break and you're halfway through the story, nobody wants to hear the end of that story. <laughs> uh, Adam, last night when Walker hit that monster home run, Jim Edmonds talked all the way through it. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't on speakerphone, Randy. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I apologize for speaking. And you know what? You Here's a guy that has been at Shea Stadium and struck out Carlos Beltran in one of the loudest stadiums of all time. You're concentrating. You're focused, man. You throw the perfect curveball to strike out Carlos Beltran. And you've got one guy saying, here's Wainwright. At the T. And you can't handle that? <laughs> hey, talk to Miles for a second. I'm off here. Hey, Miles. Hey, how's it going? Good. It's Randy Carricker, Kerry Davis, Brooke Grimsley. Miles, I need to know, Is don't you talk during Adam's backswing? You're, you're a talker. Uh, I am a talker, but, you know, golf etiquette dictates that, oh. <laughs> that I got I to gotta hush just a little bit. Miles, you don't do any trash talk out there. Um, I'm, I'm trash talking big time, but it's always in between shots. Okay, okay. <laughs> Who's winning? Wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be trying to win if I didn't trash talk a little bit. Who is winning? That's what I want to know. Um, we're actually all tied up at the moment right now, but he he, he gives me a couple of strokes aside. Okay. Good. And who hits longer? Adam always talks about how he hits it farther than anybody, but not necessarily straighter. How about you? What, how are you off the tee? Um, I, I get him every once in a while, but... <clears throat> Wayno hits the ball as far as anyone I've ever seen except for John Lester. 
Wow. John Lester really, really puts a charge in the wall. <laughs> he knows that gets, he knows that hurts me deep. <laughs> it, was a, like, it was like four or five years everywhere I went. The caddies would be like, man, you hit the ball the farthest I've ever seen, except for John Lester. <laughs> when he was here for that half season, did you guys play together? Oh, yeah. So John and I went from being like worst enemies, like we couldn't stand even looking at each other. Um, I saw him. I saw him probably four or five years ago. You know, he was in Chicago, just come over from Boston. He beat me twice in the World Series, uh, and then you know I beat him opening day. And then I saw him that off season at a tournament, a golf tournament, and a pro am tournament. And and I walk up and he was like Adam. I'm like John. And then we looked at each other like scowled and walked <laughs> off uh, opposite directions. And then uh, and then he comes over. And have you ever seen that movie Step Brothers? Oh yeah. It was like, you know, we couldn't stand each other for like the first three days. And then on the fourth day, we looked at each other and we're like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> you know, and we played lots of golf together and hung out all the time. He's just an unbelievable person, unbelievable competitor, obviously, and uh, just a great, great teammate. He, and a, a great big game pitcher, too. Hey, Adam, uh, we've got the Swing for Impact coming up on Sunday night. That's sold out. Looking forward to seeing you and your teammates raising money for Big League Impact and still openings for people that want to watch at the watch party at Patios on the 24th as the Cardinals take on the Cubs in London. Yep, looking forward to lots of people getting over there to Patios. It'll be a special place. We've got lots of prizes and games and free parking and drinks and and uh, food's included. Everything's going to be great there. That's going to be a great time. Hopefully you can get in there, cheer us on, um, join in our all-win campaigns, go to Big League Impact and see what our guys are, are signed up for every win, every game that we win, which we will hopefully win a whole lot of games in a row here coming up. Um, guys have pledged a certain amount of money per win to their charity of choice. So um, it should be, a, it should be a, a, a great time at the patios. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> we're stuck we're stuck in this car right now but uh we appreciate everybody always supporting us so heavily for big league impact in our in our charitable endeavors and adam last thing i will own this every bad shot you hit today you just tell mad dog and miles you say i'm still thinking about randy talking in my ear it's all about if you have a bad round blame me i'll take it well, the, the most amazing part was, all right, Randy, just be quiet for one second. Oh, <laughs> and, then, and then twice in a row, you just didn't do it. You just, you just not only like, not only did you keep talking, I'll be like, hey, Randy, I'm about to hit. And you're like, okay, cool. And then you just kept talking. I've never seen it. Uh, I apologize. So have fun out there today, and uh, we'll see you this weekend over at Top Golf. Thanks, Adam. All right, see you later. See you, brother. That's uh, the great Adam Wainwright joining us on 101 ESPN. He is such a fun guy. And you know what? You do. You, you, as a player, I, I'm, all of us, we're fans. We can think about it all day, but they have to live it. And, and oh, so yeah. I, you, you've had, you know how it is, Kerry. Yeah, and you want to get away from it when, yep. you're, when you're not playing well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, great job today by our producer engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Brooke, this was great. This was great. We've got it all figured out. We've got uh, T-Mac and Ajax coming. Are they here today? They are here like today. To you never know. I saw, Tim. I saw Tim. Okay, Tim, saw Tim, at, Tim and uh, yeah. T-Mac and Ajax coming up with the balloon party. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Don't forget NBA Finals Game 3 tonight here on 101 ESPN. And then we'll be talking about the Cardinals tomorrow where you never know. Is the magic number going to be six? or? I hope not. I hope not either. It's a getaway day. Come on, Rangers. Just give us one. Give us one. Uh, For all of us, until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. 
You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.